1: The IMSA Prototype Challenge
0: on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network.
1: As every motorsports championship should be, it will be decided in the final round. You'll look down at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta, and this is where the championship for IMSA Prototype Challenge will be decided, just north of Atlanta, Georgia, in Braselton, Georgia. One of the most difficult two-and-a-half miles of asphalt you'll find in North America. High-speed sections, turn one, very, very quick. The daunting S is down to turn five. Six and seven, you can get some passes done, but you want that good run out of seven because that takes you to the best passing zone on the racetrack. Heavy braking from close to 165 miles an hour into turn 10. It is a glorious cool day welcome everyone brian's hill jeremy shaw we will take you all the way to the checkered flag a three-hour enduro to decide the championship jeremy take us through the grid
0: yeah thank you brian a bright and early start for these guys today three-hour race of final round six and final round of this year's imsa prozac challenge 14 cars from the back kind of a 60 is Bruce Hamilton the third? alongside him, Greg Palmer, in car number three. Row six is Paul LaHaye in car number 86, alongside Joel Janko in car number 47. Lance Wilsey will start car number 33 for the 10th position, alongside Joe Robillard in car number 10, and row four. Cameron Castles in car number 75, and Jerry Crouch, two-time winner this season, in car number nine. Dan Goldberg in car number six, and car number 74, John Brownson will share row three. Row two is Dominic Cicero, very much with the championship uh, aspirations today in calibre 54 for MLT Motorsports locally based team alongside Keith Grant in calibre 40 That's for 47 Motorsports and Norma two Norma M30 chassis on the front row uh, in the second position a brilliant qualifying effort for for a guy who hadn't even sat in a race car one year ago that's Stephen Thomas in calibre 11 and his K2R Motorsports teammate and championship leader in calibre 64 Naveen Rao will start on the pole position And it should be a good one. I said
1: championships to be decided today. And right now, Naveen Rao, Matt Bell, they hold on to that championship lead, but only by six points, Jeremy. That means that Dakota Dickerson and his teammate Dominic Cicero can take the championship if they win. Now, Cicero not in it in the points with his teammate Dakota Dickerson, but he's got a lot of work to do. But I was talking to that team earlier today. The 54 car, and they have gone with a low downforce setting. If you look at the 54, get a close look at the nose on the 54, the fourth car in line there, you'll see no dive planes on the front end. Just below the headlights, no dive planes. A very small gurney. No dive planes on the 54 as you see it there. That's going to give them about three miles an hour more down the straightaways to try to help them contend with that top speed advantage that the Norma chassis seem to have had all season.
0: Yeah, you're right, Brian. The Normans have been really, really slippery. They've been very much the cars to beat in this championship for the last couple of years. So that MLT Motorsports team doing everything they can to make that car competitive. For Dominic Cicero, you know, as you say, missed the first round of the championship uh, coming in. He's been out of professional racing for about 10 years, so he's done a really good job this season. Uh, but for the Poles and Naveen Rao and Matt Bell, just a fourth place finish is all they will need uh, this uh, in this final race of the season to wrap up the championship. So I'm sure they've got the championship on their mind if they get the win great Uh, but uh, the big the bigger prize of course is this this prototype challenge championship
1: well think about this though Jeremy and talking to the teams and drivers I talked to Dakota Dickerson Dominic Cicero and they said hey it's business as usual for us you go out you try to win every race that you can we don't want to think about all I need to do is finish here all I need to do there they really feel like the pressure is on Matt Bell and Naveen Rao That 64 team can't let the emotion get in the way and say, well, all we need to do is this and all we need to do that is that they need to focus and do what they have done all season long. And that is being incredibly consistent. You look at Bell and Rao, only one time this season have they been off the podium. They've got two wins so far and they've been on the podium every other time with the exception of a fifth place finish at Road America.
0: That's right, and uh, that's what they need to do. They need to carry on that momentum. Uh, And the same, of course, for Dakota Dickerson. He won last time out. He knows how to win championships. He's won championships in the Formula 4 series and Formula 3 as well. So he's a proven championship winner, is Dakota Dickerson. He will take over that number 54 car for the second half of this three-hour race.
1: Well, let me throw this at you, too. There are at least three, if not four, other teams that are very capable of winning. Everybody wants to end the season with a race win. Joel Janko, right now who sits third in the championship. This is his last race ever. He is retiring after this race today. He wants to go out a winner and we've got three hours to get it decided. And we're about to go green as the field underneath the bridge down the hill through turn 12, looking for the green 64 on the pole, the third pole position of the season and Naveen Rao with a good jump at the start.
0: It, did, it is a very good jump at the start. Also, a good uh, run there from the uh, inside of the second row, trying to take over uh, second position is Keith Grant, but I think Stephen Thomas was able to hold on in second place.
1: With well, K2R
0: cars out in front.
1: Yeah, Dominic Cicero drops to fifth from his fourth-place starting position. We talked about the low downforce setting on the 54. It is a very cool day, about 66 degrees here at Road Atlanta, and that means it's going to take a while with that low downforce setting to get these tires up to temperature. And, of course, Cicero going to be a little careful right now, making sure that he's got a car to hand over to his teammate Dakota Dickerson, who's trying to win this championship.
0: That's goal number one, uh, certainly for Dominic Cicero, bringing the car to Doko de Dickerson in good shape in in one piece and in a good position as well. Top four or five should be fine for him. And then it's going to come down to strategy. This is, as we've been saying, a three-hour race, so much longer than the usual hour and uh, 45 minutes. So a lot of strategy will come into play. Uh, Some teams might be able to make it on on, uh, just uh, two pit stops in, in this race, but most likely it's going to be three for the majority unless there's a goodly amount of caution periods but strategy certainly is going to be crucial. Cicero now back to fifth as Naveen Rao leads the
1: first lap all over the back though is the 11 of Thomas. Thomas with an excellent excellent qualifying run here his best of the season and second and talking to him over the weekend and his driver coach Ross Bentley he has focused so intently over the last year. This is a driver who up until a year ago had never raced a car. And now he's contending for the lead here in an IMSA Prototype Challenge race at Road Atlanta. Hats off to Ross Bentley. He says, Thomas, such a great student. They've driven all kinds of cars, probably six or eight different types of cars he's driven over the last year. And Ross says, I want him to learn something, not how to drive each car, but I want him to learn something from each type of car that he drives. And that builds his resume of knowledge. It's going to make him a better race car driver at this Prototype Challenge class.
0: A remarkable story, I think, is Stephen Thomas, as you say, just so new to the sport. He really knew nothing at all about the sport about a year ago. Uh, So it's been an intense learning curve for him. He's originally from Carl Junction in Missouri, but now makes his home in Venice, California. He's a plaintiff's attorney. uh, So uh, he knows a lot about litigation, but he's learning a lot about race car driving as well. What a super job he is doing. He's all over the back end here of Naveen Rauchel. Those two running out front, the cars might not look. Uh, Two identical, not identical, but they are teammates.
1: Well, if you think about the intellect in those first two cars there, Jeremy, Naveen Rao, I I, I think he's got like five different degrees, some of them in uh, things I can't even understand, quantum physics and things like that. And then, obviously, Stephen Thomas, as you said, a very successful attorney, two very smart guys up front. But running third right now, Keith Grant, he and his brother David have qualified well throughout the season they have two uh two pole positions on the year uh and they have come a long way but i talked to keith earlier today and he said we we've got to do better on the second stint well today they get a third stint too they led at vir both brothers had problems in the final turn onto the front straightaway there that set them back a little bit and took them back to a fifth place finish after they had been leading in that race but they have showed Extreme pace this year, really good pace, and they're showing it again today, running third, good qualifying effort, and now running third in the order. Fourth is that blue and red number six, Dan Goldberg, who's also been very quick with his co-driver, Rasmus Lint, as we saw Lint at Sebring. Look at this, Cicero now trying to take advantage of that low downforce, sneaking into the inside. Goldberg, one tough customer, says, no, not right here, not right now.
0: Yeah. Not just now, thank you very much indeed. And Dan Goldberg, he he didn't have a good qualifying. He was uh, down uh, in the seventh position on the grid, uh, sixth position on the grid, but he made up uh, ground here at the start, made up a couple of positions on that first lap, and he's looking to hold on to it as well in that Motel 6 car. Well, this is the problem
1: right now for Dominic Cicero. I believe that low downforce setting is going to give him the straight line speed that they talked about. Dakota Dickerson talked about down the straightaway but if you try a move you get offline and kind of out of the sequence everybody else that has that advantage at downforce is going to take care is going to take advantage of it and you saw that through the 10A and B complex cicero not able to make the move and it kind of left him hanging out and all of a sudden john brownson jerry kraut cameron castles were right there on his rear wing and he really had to defend going into turn 1 to hold that fifth place position
0: yeah, some good dicing going on here in the early stages, certainly. But uh, Naveen Rao doing exactly what he wants to do out, out in the front at the moment. Uh, he's just set the fastest lap of the race last time around. First driver to dip below 1 minute 20 seconds. 119.4 for Naveen Rao. So we're pulled out a little bit on that last lap. And uh, that's what exactly needs to do. As you said early on, it's it's pretty, pretty cool here this morning. It's uh, just a 9 o'clock start local time. Uh, and uh, it's mid-60s, which is... You know, it does take much longer to bring these Michelin tires up to optimal working temperature in these in these cooler conditions. So Naveen Ramshaw just taking it you know, fairly cautiously for the first few laps. He certainly doesn't want to make a mistake early on.
1: Joe Robillard now heading up the hill in the number 10, followed by the 33, Lance Wilsey. I believe that was Cameron Castle slipping back three positions there. Robillard has gotten by. Wilsey has as well and that white, red, and blue number 33. So I don't know if Cameron Castles has an issue in the 75 right now, but he's not going the right direction, that's for sure. Championships decided today at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, and IMSA prototype challenge. Just getting things started, Naveen Rao doing what he needs to do, leading from pole. Down the back straightaway, Thomas in the 11. Still glued to that rear wing of Naveen Rao, but Jeremy Shaw, I don't think he can get quite close enough to make that out-breaking attempt at the end of the back straightaway. And I guess the other question is, too, is he just content to be there right now? Remember, a three-hour race, we're only six and a half minutes in. Right now, how aggressive are you this early on, or do you just say, hey, I know I've got teammates to hand this car over to, good teammates, and I'm just going to be a little bit patient-based?
0: Yeah, well, that's a really good question because uh, Stephen Thomas, he generally drives solo in these races. He doesn't have a co-driver because it's a three-hour race. He has to have a co-driver. Uh, that co-driver will be Thomas Merrill, who's been around this sport a long, long time, a very accomplished driver coach. Uh, but uh, he hasn't driven the car at all this weekend, Thomas Merrill, but he has done some testing here in the past, so he he reckons he's up to speed. But for Stephen Thomas in second position, look, he's never been running this high in the field before. He did lead one lap uh, last time out, but that was uh, during the round of pit stops. But generally speaking, he's a sort of fifth, sixth place runner at the last couple of races, just making steady improvements. But this is the first time he's been in a position to challenge for the lead. So it's a tricky situation. I'm sure he'll want to take the lead from a purely personal standpoint, but he's got to look after the interests, I think, of that K2R Motorsports team as well, with his teammate in the lead and looking to win the championship.
1: So impressed with these first two drivers, and really, Jeremy, it's what IMSA Prototype Challenge is all about. Gentlemen drivers, as we call them, bronze drivers, drivers who drive at a professional level, but they don't make their living doing this, so they may be just slightly off the pace of the silver drivers, the professional drivers that run with them. Let's take a look here. That's Cameron Castles in the blue and yellow, number 75, and I don't know if that car is just out of balance or the brake bias is off right now, but see him get a little loose there into the braking zone of seven
0: yeah that was, a, that was a an interesting moment that Cameron had there but he's able to keep it under control again he's running at the moment down in the 10th position he started in ninth made up a position at the start but has lost that position again now uh, and John Brownson is uh, is ahead of him and also Joe Robillard as well so yeah is certainly struggling a little bit at this stage in the race I think is Cameron castles in that performance tech motorsports car number 75. Naveen Rao leads out of turn seven. The top
1: two, Naveen Rao, Stephen Thomas, the 64, the 11, down the back straightaway now. They're beginning to pull out a little bit on Keith Grant. Then you cycle back through the 86, Paul LaHaye, Greg Palmer in the three, Hamilton in the 60, coming into that turn six and seven complex. They make up 12, 13, 14, and Dominic Cicero really putting pressure on the number six of Dan Goldberg into that 10A 10B complex. Remember Cicero in the 54, really carrying the championship hopes of his teammate Dakota Dickinson, as they flash through turn 12. Really back, oh, and a problem down in turn 10. That's the 75 and the 33. We saw problems for Castles earlier. Now he's got we Wilson. Wilson in the gravel. It's going to play into the strategy.
0: Well, yeah, this is certainly going to bring out a full course caution unless, they, unless uh, Lance Willsley can dig himself out of there, which is really unlikely. Uh, that's a, a deep bed of gravel down there at turn 10, 10A. And let's maybe see if we can see what happened now. The instance already occurred, but it's happened in the breaking area. Cameron Castles and Lance Willsley got together uh, going uh, into that lap. But Willsley had been ahead of Castles, we just uh, documented that a few moments ago. So one has to presume that Cameron Castles was trying to make a pass to regain that position. But unfortunately, the two of them made contact and Lance Woolsey backwards into the gravel trap and does indeed bring out the full course caution. I think, though, talking to the, some of the teams, in order to, to make this race uh, a- available to make it on just two pit stops, uh, there's going to be two or three cautions required during this race. I think uh, this one should, shouldn't take them too long to, to get that car out of there and get, and get the race underway again. So I think we're still looking at a, a three-stop race for each of the teams. And when the teams make a, a pit stop during this race, if they're taking on fuel, which is what they need to do, uh, as we talked about on, on two or three occasions, most likely three, then there is a minimum pit stop time a uh, good bit of information for you here The the, the distance of the pit lane uh, is a uh, 22,706 inches quite sure won't be measured in <laughs> inches but it is uh but there's a minimum pit stop time and that's from from when the, the cars enter pit lane which is uh, just before the right hand top top corner coming into that top pit, pit lane here at uh, michelin raceway road atlanta to the pit exit the minimum time is 105 seconds uh, that uh, allows them you know, plenty of time to, to come down the pit lane, make the stop without being you know, without having to, to rush to get you know, vital tenths of a second. And the reason for that is this is kind of a semi-professional series. So they don't want the team spending extra money on perfecting their pit stops. So they've got plenty of time to make make the, the driver change uh, and get the car back out onto the race again without having to, as I say, shave or worry about hundredths or tenths of a second on the pit lane.
1: Full course caution is out at Road Atlanta and an IMSA prototype challenge. Naveen Rao leads from the pole position. That is going to be important in the run for the championship. But with this caution, Jeremy, I talked to teams and they said, if we get one around the 18-minute mark, we may very well come. And top with fuel, although we're going to spend that minimum time on pit road that you talked about earlier, we may do that. Others that are going to gamble on more yellow may wait and see what happens. But some teams, I don't know, we're now 13 minutes in. And by the time the field gets around here, it'll be 14 minutes as they get to pit. It'll be interesting to see if anybody takes
0: this. Yeah. Um. That's a very good question. Actually, I'm not sure in the first 15 minutes of the race whether they can. It certainly whether it's certainly the Wednesday Sports Car Championship. Uh, cautions within 15 minutes of the start of the race, which this is, uh, the pits would not be open for for, for uh, scheduled pit stops, if you like. Yeah, uh, it's so going honestly, to be closed. I don't know whether whether it is right now, uh, because certainly you know, a lap under caution here. Uh, takes uh, well the last lap was uh, was uh, a minute 42 seconds i think this next one will be quite a bit longer than that so you you probably uh, could come in into the pits and and serve that uh, that 100 yeah, with a minimum time of 105 seconds without going a lap down so it certainly could be very very advantageous to make a pit stop under yellow flag conditions but i think this is a bit too early um well, it isn't really, because yeah, if they yeah. came in now, they certainly would be able to make it from two stops. It would be three stops in, in all during the race, but at least right. they could get one uh, out of the way under full course caution. But it's certainly going to be fairly close to be able to to make that stop and get back on track again without losing a lap.
1: Well, and, and it's interesting because once again, when you run through that top group of five cars, let's say even six cars there. There are all kinds of different motives. Everybody wants to win the race. Don't get me wrong there. Naveen Rao, Matt Bell, they want to win the championship. So they're not going to gamble on running out of fuel. That's for sure. Other teams, when you think about it, guys are going to push hard and they're going to be thinking uh, about how much do we want to gamble. I'll tell you somebody who's gambled all year long is the nine team, the JDC Motorsports team. John Walco, the engineer there, Jerry Kraut, Scott Andrews, they gambled on fuel at VIR, if you'll remember. And They've cut it close on a pretty regular basis, so are they going to roll the dice? They want race wins, is what they want. They want to end this season with a race win, so they may be willing to gamble.
0: Yeah, that's right, I, and Road America, too. I mean, that, that Road America race, I mean, he, Scott Andrews, uh, that, that they made their pits up way, way early compared to everybody else, and Scott Andrews was able to to produce some incredible fuel economy and, and just reach re- reach the finish line. You might remember there was a bit of a confusion as to when the check and flag should have been fallen and it wasn't the check flag wasn't shown when it should have been. Uh, so the, the cars actually did an extra lap but the checkered flag should already have been given. Uh, and even though he ran out on what was what was the final lap, uh, Andrews was able to take the victory because the checkered flag should already have been shown. So that was a, a, a great example of that strategy working out absolutely to perfection. Running out on the cooldown lap of fuel is exactly what you want. Running out with one lap to go is exactly yeah. what you don't <laughs> want.
1: Exactly. Well, I think our question has been answered about strategy and pit stops. Lights out on the safety car will go green this time by and that's not ne- going to negate anyone's thought of diving into the pit lane. Also hats off to Lance Wilsey. He had that spin in the gravel trap and we watched him down the front straightaway shaking that number 33 violently side to side offline trying to get any gravel that was in the under tray of that Ligier out of the way. Staying offline. Great job by Lance Wilsey. Naveen Rao is going to see if he can. Continue- Can continue the great job that he's done on the restart. Stephen Thomas right behind him as the green flies. Big moves down into turn one. Keith Grant in the 40. That's a good move. That's a strong move, Jeremy.
0: Yeah, that's a a move made by a driver with a lot of experience. Keith Grant has been around the sport a long, long time. and won uh, several championships in the Formula atlantic championship with the frp series of formula race promotions and he's been around sport for many many years so that was a veteran move there uh, you know at the start of the race he wanted to make sure that, uh, the, that there was enough heat in the tires before he tried any any bold moves but now he's got enough experience to make that move on that first half and Stephen thomas has been caught out of it he's been passed by another couple of guys from dakota dickinson is trying to go past as well but of course, let's not forget that, uh, that Stephen Thomas, is in that K2R car, teammates with the race leader, and the car right behind uh, Stephen Thomas right now is the car, the number 54 for MLT Motorsports, that is battling for the championship.
1: And 11 of Stephen Thomas and the 54, Dominic Cicero, little bump in there into turn six, but uh, Cicero wisely backs off of that. I'll tell you who was impressive, it Thomas locks up the brakes, into turn 10, and Cicero may get a run. Who was impressive there was also Dan Goldberg on that start up the hill. He got by Stephen Thomas as well. So Goldberg now up into third. Thomas kind of back on his heels a little bit after getting pushed into the corner and body slammed a little bit. Great, great restart. And we talked about the physicality of it as Thomas dropping back a little bit as they head into turn six. Just a little bump with Dominic Cicero there in the 54. Cicero needs to find that happy place between being aggressive and moving that 54 car forward, but being careful enough that Dakota Dickerson has a car to battle in the championship
0: with. Yeah, that's the key at this stage in the game. And uh, now Stephen Thomas is not going defensive on this lap. He's kind of focusing forward. He's not going to worry too much about defending that position uh, from uh, on Dominic Cicero, at least that would look like going to turn six and seven there, so heads-up driving by Stephen
1: Thomas. Well, and now Jerry Kraut in the mix, just behind Dominic Cicero, so Cicero needs to focus forward and backwards, just as Naveen Rao needs to do, because Keith Grant, this 40 car, now really beginning to put pressure on Naveen Rao, we've seen that 40 entry 47 Motorsports run at the front and lead with both Keith and David behind the wheel Parker Thompson joins them this weekend accomplished young open wheel driver and David Grant right or Keith Grant right now I should say showing how strong that team has been all season long it's continuing here at Road Atlanta
0: it is good isn't it and both of those two Grant brothers you know, they've been driving this sport for, for a long long time and uh, they've had a lot of success so you know, I think at this stage in the game, you know, Keith is, you know, he's he showed he's had a couple of pole positions already this season, and he wants to show that uh, he can take the lead as well, even if he doesn't qualify on pole position. So he's really putting the pressure now on Lovine Rao.
1: I think the thing that's interesting as the battle continues for the lead between Rao and Grant, Cicero dropping back from Thomas a little bit now in that fifth-place position, and I think, you know, Downforce is a blessing and a curse. You take it away, it goes faster, but it also takes longer to get the tires back up to temperature. And I think that last full course caution was just long enough that was Michelin tires cooling down a little bit on the 54. It's gonna take Cicero a little bit to get his legs back underneath them. And Thomas has kind of gotten regathered. So he's now moving forward. You've gotta make your play. You've gotta got play the cards that you're dealt. And for the 54 team, they felt like they needed that straight line speed to deal with the Norma chassis, and that's why they took that downforce out as Cameron Castles works his way past the number three of Greg Palmer. His cars draft reasonably well, Jeremy, and down the front straightaway into turn one, he's, it's a difficult place to make a move because even if you get an advantage coming out of turn 10 and flat through turn 12, it's still difficult to make a move into that high-speed turn one.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a very fast corner turn one. I mean, they, they go well over 150 miles an hour into there. And uh, these cars, you know, they're, they're pretty heavy cars. So they do have lots of downforce, but suddenly certainly a, you know, a dab of the brakes into that corner. But it's not a heavy braking area, that's for sure. So it is very, very difficult to make a pass there, which is why that move at the restart Uh, by Keith Grant on Stephen Thomas was so impressive.
1: Six, Dan Goldberg comes by, and now you look back to this battle between the 74 and the 10. Joe Robillard in the 10, and there beside him, John Brownson in the 74. Good battle, and Robillard gives Brownson plenty of room, Make sure that they're not going to get together. And Robillard is another one of these drivers who's had a good season. He's going to hand that car over to Stephen McAleer when they do that change. McAleer will take it to the checkered flag. And McAleer, a, a driver, I think one of the better young sports car drivers in North America right now. And uh, great big personality. Speaks well outside of the car. It speaks volumes when he's behind the wheel.
0: He does, doesn't he? Uh, you're right, Stephen McAleer. He's uh, originally from uh, Glasgow in Scotland. He came over here probably 15 years ago now uh, to race at the Skip Barber School. And had a lot of success in, uh, uh, in open wheel racing, well, minor leagues of open wheel racing, and then he won the Mazda MX-5 Cup Challenge. We see a move there. Finally, uh, Dominic Cicero makes that pass on Stephen Thomas. That is for fourth position. Well, now
1: he needs to protect it down the straightaway. We know the Norma chassis has good straight-line speed. We know that they've taken the arrow off the 54, and you'll get an idea of that straight-line speed right now down this long back straightaway, close to 165, 166, maybe 167 miles an hour into this heavy braking zone. Cicero, a good job, just kind of parks the 54 there in the middle of the road. Now, if he can keep Thomas behind him and make some hay, through one all the way to five and have a little more distance between himself and turn seven the next time around. He can begin to focus a little more forward and trying to get that 54 moving towards the front. But Thomas has been so impressive all weekend long. The one thing that drivers have told me about this Norma chassis, though, is the tire degradation seems to be more... I don't want to say exaggerated, but more evident on the Norma chassis than it is on the Ligier. But I guess my question is, Jeremy, if you take arrow out of the car, car slides around a little bit more. Perhaps a 54 may have to deal with some tire degradation as well.
0: Yeah, that's certainly uh, going to be something they're going to have to uh, have to keep an keep an eye on. You'll be careful of don't push. Don't, try not to slide the car uh, too much. Uh, if you can keep it straight then that looks after the michelin tires a lot uh, a lot more super battle here towards the, the back of the field that's paul the in that uh, bright green car and a big train of cars here he's kind of in the middle of uh, in the middle of it at the moment down the inside though at turn six and his cameron council is making his way back up the order and both have now got past to greg palmer in car number three but this is a super battle uh, towards the uh, t- at the back of the field
1: and that's the great thing about Prototype Challenge. you got racing all throughout the field. Greg Palmer has raced here in Porsche GT3 Cup before, racing with his son. And how cool is that? Eric Palmer, 21 years old, gets to go and race prototypes on the weekend with dad, And, and that's a great thing. They're going to develop as they work with this Junior 3 racing program. Junior 3, the, one of the first teams in North America to have the new Ligier chassis which will run in 2021 we can talk more about that in a bit Jeremy but this team has big plans for the future hopefully two cars in 2021 two new cars and I know the Palmers want to be a part of that right now like I said you get good racing all throughout the field
0: you do it's it's tremendous and uh, you're right you're talking about the, the new cars that will come on board for this championship for next season the second generation LMP3 cars uh, there's new cars from Ligier and duquesne which is a new name for the norma uh the norma effort uh they've already been racing this year in europe those cars so they kind of got the bugs works out they hope but the the, the new Ligier certainly is uh, appears to be a lot more competitive than was this than is this version of the uh, the initial version of the Ligier jsp 3 uh and uh, a lot of excitement i think about that new car for next year and uh, you know you're right uh, and of course in the LMP3 cars are also going to be involved next season as a class in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship as well. So there's opportunities to race not only this generation of car that we're seeing right now, but also the new, the new car as well in both championships for 2021.
1: Nine and a half months ago, the season started the 2020 IMSA Prototype Challenge season, and in two hours and 34 minutes, will crown a champion It seems like it has been a long long time And this race just one of two endurance races we start the season with one and then we'll finish the season here at michelin raceway road atlanta with a three-hour enduro to crown the 2020 champion dominic cicero in the 54 up to fourth that's good for his teammate dakota dickerson dickerson If he wins this race, if he and Cicero win this race, they need the number 64, Naveen Rao and Matt Bell, to finish fourth or worse in order for Dickerson to have the championship. But as they've said, hey, look, this is not a different weekend for us. We go to every race trying to win it. That's what we're going to try to do here, put it on the top step of the podium. What happens with the 64 happens with the 64. We can't drive that one. We can only drive the 54 that we're in right now. Cicero beginning to take the fight to Dan Goldberg. And this is something that we were talking about just a little bit ago, Jeremy, and that is longer runs. The Ligier seems to have good balance. Now, the six of Dan Goldberg in a Ligier chassis as well, but Cicero beginning to really close in. The unfortunate thing for him, though, is he's not getting rid of Steven Thomas there in the
0: 11th. He's not managed to shake him off at all, has he? You're absolutely right. These are the two the, the two best-placed Ligets in the field. Number 11 car behind him, that is another normal That is Stephen Thomas, who started on the front row, and he's hanging right with these two. I'm so, super impressed with Stephen Thomas. I, I know I've said it several times already, but uh, for somebody with so little experience to... Uh, To show you know such maturity in this in this whoops as we see uh, as I said that there he goes locks up the brakes at turn seven and loses a fair bit of ground he's now going to come under pressure from from a veteran driver Jerry Kraut this is going to be interesting as they get down towards turn ten the the tight chicane the left and right I think probably Stephen Thomas is going to have to defend that position he's already moved to the left hand side of the racetrack a heads up driving there from Thomas.
1: Kraut now looks to the inside. He had looked outside. Now inside, nothing happening there, but something definitely happening here. Cars around backwards, and that is not where you want to be. That's the exit of turn seven, looking the wrong direction. Looks like the 47 involved. That's Joel Janko. Jenko, third in the championship, and you were talking about drivers that you're super impressed with. He's another one, a veteran. Let's take a look here. The 60 in front of Cameron Castles. And it looks like Janko perhaps goes around on his own. Indeed, he does. These the sk- cars do not have traction control or anti-lock brakes. And then Castles gets in to the back of the 60 as he slows. So kind of a chain reaction. And Joel Janko unable to get the 47 restarted.
0: Yeah, wow, that was a, a great avoidance move there by uh, by Cameron Castles, because um, f- you know, f- the, the car in front of him, which would have been uh, car number 60, that's uh, uh, Bruce Bruce Hamilton, uh, he uh, he had to spin effectively to, to make sure he didn't nail that station or the spinning car of Joel Janko. And right behind him was Cameron Castles, who initially unsighted. So when the number 60 car kind of spun out of the way, they're directly in front of him, uh, as we see again here, there's a spin for Joel Janko. And uh, I think it was a uh, kind of a bit of a panic move there for Bruce Hamilton to spin the car. But uh, Cameron Castles, what a great job that was to avoid contact. I mean, it could have been really, really scary, kind of a head-on accident. So Castle did an excellent job to avoid that contact. Wow, I think that Cameron, was
1: close. I, I think Cameron Castles may have helped Bruce Hamilton spin to avoid the contact. I think there may have been a little be. checkup there by <laughs> Hamilton and Castles got into the back of him. But this is so disappointing for Joel Janko, He's third in the championship. And as was told to me this morning, he has announced this is his last race. He's hanging up his helmet and while that's sad to see he's been so impressive and such a joy to watch running so strong here this weekend and throughout the season like i said third in the championship and just really really impressive running with kyle kirkwood and both jonathan george Um, he was the 2019 bronze cup champion and he wanted to go out in style and this car may get refired. They may get it restarted. I don't know if something broke uh, to cause the spin, but just disappointing. And you think about these guys, we talked about it, the quote, gentlemen drivers, Naveen Rao, the Grants, Dan Goldberg, throw in Joel Janko, obviously Jerry Kraut. These guys are driving around on a Sunday drive. They're getting after it. And the lap times they put in are quite impressive and it's just been a joy to watch. And like I said, I know this is not the way Joe, Joel Jenko wants to see his final race go. Maybe it'll fire him up, and he'll come back and do another one, Jeremy.
0: Yeah, maybe he will. Uh, so, uh, and you know, for his co-drivers this weekend uh, are uh, Johnson, George, and Carl Kirkwood. Carl Kirkwood is absolutely a star in the making, uh, who has won well everything in the junior open wheel ranks over the last few years. He's won the uh, F4 championship, the F3, USF 2000, uh, Indy Pro 2000. Just a remarkable record for this young man. He's also previously done four races in IMSA prototype challenge cars. He's won two of them. Uh, with Joel Janko and uh, Johnson George, oh, and all Johnson George, uh, and he's set fastest lap of the race in all four of them. Uh, also, Carl Kirkwood, he'll, be, uh, he'll have a birthday this week, he'll be 22 uh, early next week. He is also making his debut this weekend in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship as well. He's going to be driving for Jimmy Vassar's uh, AIM Vassar Sullivan team in Alexis. So, uh, this is a big weekend for Carl Kirkwood. He hasn't driven. This car yet this weekend, but I know he's very much looking forward to hopping behind the wheel at the later stages. So good to see that Janko's got that car back up and running again. He'd have lost a couple of laps to the leaders, uh, same as Lance Wilson did with his uh, spin into the gravel earlier on. So you know, there's still going to be somebody uh, okay. for this number 47 team to race with.
1: Here we go, Jeremy. Pits are open, and I got cars accepting the invitation to come in. The 11 being one of them. Stephen Thomas dives to pit road, as does the nine. That's Jerry Kraut in the nine. He'll come to pit lane as well, and so will the 74. So we wondered who would take that opportunity. John Bronson is in, Jerry Kraut. Now, those drivers have not done their minimum drive time. I wouldn't expect to see any kind of a driver change here because they'll have to get back in later if they were to get out now. But once that fuel probe goes in the car, They are committed to that minimum pit stop.
0: Yeah, but uh, running under caution here, there should be, uh, I I think, enough time for them uh, to complete that minimum pit stop time of 105 seconds. uh, Get out back onto the racetrack ahead of the safety car. Then they'll be able to to run around to catch up the back of the field before the restart. So certainly this is going to stand them in good stead. However, uh, they're still, from this point in the race, going to have to make two pit stops. Uh, I believe we've got, what, two and a half hours remaining. So there's no way that they can uh, get to the end of the race from here. Uh, So they're still going to need to make two more fuel stops. If if they're not taking on fuel, then they don't need to serve that minimum 105 second time. But if if they take on any fuel at all, it's 105 seconds minimum. Uh, And if you do that under green flag conditions, you're for sure going to lose a lap. So it's questionable whether this is going to be an advantage or not. But certainly for these teams, you know, they reckon it's worthwhile.
1: Well, what it does is it opens your opportunities up for the future stops. It moves the time well down the line as to when you'll need to come back in. So it opens up those opportunities and really kind of gives you more hand to play, so to speak, in the future. It was interesting that no one else took that opportunity. I I felt... Pretty sure that the nine was coming after talking to Scott Andrews and John Walker the other day. I, I felt pretty sure that after a 20 minute or so deal uh, time elapsed in the race, if we got a yellow, they were going to come and that was going to give them better opportunities. Jerry Kraut ran a good lap times. Why would you not bring him, leave him in the car, and go? So they've played their hand, they played that strategy. Let's see how it plays out. Naveen Rao down the hill. The second restart here with two hours and 25 minutes to go. Raoul from the pole, under pressure from Keith Grant before that full course caution. Now the Michelin tires have cooled down a bit. What do we got?
0: Well, you're right, Brian, but what what with the, the uh, going back to Greed right away, those cars that did make a pit stop and still a long, long way back from the, from the rest of the pack. So they were hoping for another... Uh, one more lap of yellow before they went black to green flag race that that's kind of backfired so now the better part of a lap down to the overall race leaders
1: well i think the other thing that this stop has done is it's taken pressure off that man in the 54 dominic cicero because remember he was under pressure before that full course caution now Really, the next car behind him is Joe Robillard, and he has more pace than Robillard does. Right now, he has more pace off of turn seven than Dan Goldberg, and down the straightaway, that low downforce setting seems to be paying dividends as he pulls away, and he's going to lead Goldberg into that braking zone. Cicero now
0: up to third. Excellent uh, performance there by Dominic Cicero. He just made a really good exit out of turn seven, got on the power hard and early and uh, able to take advantage of the slightly slipperier shape of that car compared to the Sybilla Ligier with which he was battling. And he's able to make that move quite clearly well before they got to turn 10, but uh, halfway down the straight he was in front. So a great move there by Cicero. up now into the third position.
1: Well, now, I'm going to take you back a year, Jeremy. Last year, what we noticed was that the Ligier seemed to get its legs underneath them, on restarts faster than the Norma chassis did there had been some aerodynamic changes in the offseason we didn't really see it as much but today with that low downforce setting on the 54 car it does seem to kind of go back to what we saw last year he really strong on these restarts a little bit of lock up there into six off the right front not to be unexpected no drama it looks a little more daunting than it actually is but Cicero on that first lap or two after the restart really seems to be able to gain some ground and close the distance between himself and Keith Grant a little bit. And what we saw last year was after about two laps, maybe three at the most, that advantage became neutralized.
0: Yeah, so that's certainly something we're gonna have to uh, pay attention to later in this race. But uh, here now, uh, having made that move uh, uh, up into the third position, Dominic Cicero, he's not he's not content with that. He wants to get second place from Keith Grant and Naveen Rao, a really good restart here. In his first couple of laps, uh, but right up to pace uh, instantly. 18.864 for Naveen Rao last time around. That's only fractions of a second of his best lap of the race so far, which was an 18.8.01. So a really, really good restart from Naveen Rao and put uh, nearly a couple of seconds between himself and that second place battle between Keith Grant and Dominic Cicero.
1: Cicero now hounding Keith Grant through the turn five complex. Looks to the inside and six. Can't get it done there, but what you can do is steal the attention of the driver in front of you. Move around in his mirrors a little bit. See if you can get him to mess up the entry into seven here and get an advantage coming off the corner. Nothing doing, not this time. Keith Grant solid through seven. Gets a good run off and beginning now to pull away from Cicero and perhaps that two-lap, three-lap advantage after the restart beginning to wane a little bit for Dominic Cicero. But he did a good job there in those laps that he had. He's gotten past Goldberg. He's into third, really closes on the brakes down into turn 10 on Keith Grant.
0: Yeah, Uh, and uh, we're now uh, 39 minutes into the race. So next time around, oh gosh, that was a big moment for Dominic Cicero. That was a big save. That car just uh, snapped sideways under acceleration out of that final corner. That's that's an odd thing to happen at this stage in a race. Maybe he hasn't got a problem Uh, with that number 54 car. I think he has, you know. That car is that rear end is really sliding around.
1: Yeah, it looked unstable there. But does he get on the curb in 12? Cicero turns in, hits the bump, gets on the curb with the right front. That's what upsets the car. And it could just be that Dominic Cicero. Lacking oxygen right now as he heads up through turn three and four because that took your breath away. Now he's got to defend over Goldberg and really pinches him down to the inside. There's contact. Cicero's around. He's in the gravel. Can he get the 54 going? He does. And I think that time he pressed just a little too hard with the defense. And I'm not sure that the officials are gonna find any problem with Dan Goldberg on that. Cicero's gonna move him well to the inside and Goldberg's there and Cicero keeps coming down. The contact is made and around he goes. You can't afford those types of, of conflicts on the racetrack when you're trying to hand your teammate a car to win a championship in.
0: Yeah, but uh, from, from my perspective there, the um, I mean, Cicero made it perfectly clear that he didn't want the other car to come past him and still Goldberg didn't give it up he still dived it down the inside awfully late uh, yeah he wasn't behind he wasn't alongside him in the braking area that was not a clean pass in my opinion uh, by Dan Goldberg there once again I think the red miss has kind of caught him out we've seen that several <laughs> times already this season in that Motel 6 car and I'd be surprised I'm sure the stewards will be looking at that and yeah. i would be quite surprised if they if they don't uh, take a, a dim view of it There's so a Lance Wilson having another spin as well. Uh, and by the way, we just saw the number nine car make a pit stop and the number 75. I presume that we will see a driver to change in each of those cars because the uh, 40 minutes minimum drive time has elapsed. But this is not going to bring out a full force caution this time. Our Lance wow.
1: Yeah, up in three and four. and Just once again, these cars without traction control and close to 500 horsepower with that five liter normally aspirated V8 in the back. If you get a little insensitive with the throttle, easy to get wheel spin and get the car turned around. I'm actually surprised to see that the nine would pit again, Jeremy, after we just saw him pit. I mean, well, I thought
0: no, he, all he, it, he needs now is a driver change. He's got plenty of fuel in the car. So. Uh... It's actually still showing Jerry Krause at the wheel of that car, but uh, I'd certainly be surprised. I mean, that, that because if they didn't take on full at this stop, then they they can make it as quick as, as, quick as they can do the driver change. They can leave that. It doesn't have to be uh, the minimum of 105 seconds. So it'd be a relatively quick stop, much quicker than 105 seconds anyhow, to make that driver change. But uh, the scoring at the moment still shows Jerry Krause at the wheel of car number nine. So uh, was there a penalty or uh, I don't know. I'm not yes, quite sure. Yes, so. there was pit lane speed violation for both Carnival kind of uh, nine and four. So that was their previous stops. So that was a penalty stop for the for both the nine and the number 74.
1: Yeah, I was wondering about that because I, I couldn't for the life of me with the pace that Jerry Kraut had had in the nine. Imagine them bringing him back in and doing a driver change that quickly that. That costs you time down pit road. He's doing a good job on the racetrack. Why bring him in? So now we know why he got brought in.
0: Well, you, 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 the reason for making the sort would be to get uh, the quicker driver uh, yeah, at the wheel of that but, car. Uh, so, you yeah, know, with, with the minimum drive time completed, it would have been a long, long way to go for uh, Scott Andrews. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, that, uh, any any potential benefit there has now been lost.
1: Nothing lost here for Naveen Rao out in front. Five seconds now over Keith Grant after the second full course caution. And still over two hours and 15 minutes to go from Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. IMSA prototype challenge with the championship on the line. We've seen drama early. And I'm
0: sure, Jeremy Shaw, there's plenty more to come. Indeed. Uh, another car that just, just made a pit stop is the car number 75, Cameron Castles. He brought that car in from the sixth position and he has made the driver change. It's Stephen Simpson now aboard car number 75. Uh, I think he, he, he has lost a lap uh, making that extra pit stop, but it was certainly a much faster stop. Like We talked about a little while ago. I'm sure they wouldn't have taken on fuel. It was just a bit in the driver change. So he will lose a lot less time by making that driver change under green flag conditions than with anybody else. Uh, who will who will take on fuel and make the driver change at the same time
1: interesting to see the 10 joe robillard in third part of the reason that he's there is because of the problems that dan goldberg and dominic cicero had with their disagreement going into turn six a few laps ago where both of those cars spun but i say it's interesting because he's now made his driver time he needs to do He really needs to run this tank of fuel out before he comes in and pits, but he's in a good position, third on the racetrack. He'll hand that car over to Stephen McAleer, and they have such a good relationship. They want to be back doing IMSA Prototype Challenge in 2021. And Joe Robillard had a great conversation with him yesterday, and he just laughed and he goes, you know what? For the amount of money I'm spending this weekend, I could be anywhere in the world at some world-class resort just relaxing on a beach instead of here with my stomach hurting and being nervous, (laughs) isn't it great? (laughs) He just had this big smile on his face. Isn't it great? He was so nervous. It was right before qualifying. He said, I just love this. Why would I be anywhere else doing anything else? And that's just the attitude that, that these drivers have. And, you know, they could be doing, a lot of these guys could be doing just that, but they're here and they're, driving these these beautiful cars next year, 30 more horsepower, a little extra downforce to deal with that horsepower. The lap time should be several seconds a lap quicker, and the competition should be just as good. And I think it's really going to attract a lot of eyes. We've talked about young open-wheel drivers driving in the IMSA Prototype Challenge category because I think for a lot of these young drivers, they look at it and they say, you know, sure, I, I want to be an IndyCar driver. But the opportunity there is so minimal, and sports cars may be in my future, and this is a great place to come and find a little help in a partner, be in a car together, do some driving, make a name for yourself. You mentioned Kyle Kirkwood, Dakota Dickerson. They have very similar resumes with the championships that they fought and won, Jeremy, and they're both here, both showing what they can do, and they're both very impressive young drivers.
0: Yeah, they certainly are, and uh, I think this is this championship is a, a, an excellent way to get into prototype racing. Here, it's it's relatively affordable. It's not nearly as expensive as many other series. Plus, of course, when you're sharing the driver, uh, sharing the cost with somebody else, you know that helps as well. That was a big moment. I think that was uh, uh, Greg Palmer there, continuing this battle with Paul LaHaye, number three and number 86 super battle. Those two have had uh, just a pit stop there for the number six car. So coming out of fourth position. That was Dan Goldberg. He's handed over that car now to Rasmus Lind, uh, the young Swedish driver, another very, very talented youngster. The last couple of years, Rasmus Lind, uh, has, uh, still a teenager, has finished second to Kyle Kirkwood, both in the USF 2000 championship and in the Pro 2000 last year. So a really talented young man. Kyle Kirkwood, I think, is potentially very, 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 very good. Uh, and Rasmus Lind is clearly very, very good as well. <laughs> When you, when you start quantifying drivers by the
1: number of berries that you, you put in front of the word good, you'll know how just how talented they all are. The 74, John Bronson still giving chase there to the 86 just in front.
0: And Excuse me, the guy that, who's doing a really good job at the moment is Joe Robillard. He's yeah. up to third position. And closing quite quickly now on Keith Grant, who is losing ground to the race leaders. 10 seconds now between Naveen Rao in the lead of this race in car number 64 for K2R Motorsports and the similar 47 Motorsports Norma of Keith Grant. But Joe Robinard in car number 10, he's right with him. There is this battle now coming on the back straight towards turn 10. The other guy who's charged is Stephen Thomas. He's just set, the last two laps set a new fastest lap of the race, 117.8 for Stephen Thomas. The race leaders last time around was 118.2.
1: That's an impressive lap time by Stephen Thomas. Joe Robillard as well. And I, I can't help but think though, Jeremy, if Keith Grant has a car that's somewhat imbalanced because I'm looking at his lap times that last lap before that and he must have made a mistake or had an issue somewhere and Robillard laying down faster lap times, six tenths seven tenths of a second quicker than Keith Grant 74 Brownson has gotten past the 86th of Paul LaHaye and Brownson still kind of recovering from that moment he had onto the front straightaway a couple of laps ago and you can see just how hard all these drivers are pushing there's I think they came out of turn 12 and he kind of got in that dirty air right at the track out of the 86 and the car just got upset a little bit. I'm sure it upset the driver inside the cockpit as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, the uh, Clearly now uh, Naveen Rao has got the message here because he'd been lapping super consistently around about one minute, 19 seconds. Each of his last uh, seven laps, <coughs> excuse me, were within a tenth of a second of each other. Well, the last couple of laps, he's turned an 18.4, and then last time around, an 18.2, uh, and now an, an 18.3. So he's, uh, he's really stepping up the pace here, and that would be because his first pit stop, I think, is just minutes away. Probably his only pit stop for Naveen Rao, uh, or he's only the end of his stint, I should say, before handing over the car to Matt Bell, who will complete the race from here.
1: When you show up at the final race of the season... Leading the championship, you do all that you can do to make sure the season ends that way with you and your teammate on top. That's exactly what Naveen Rao has done this weekend here at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. He, Matt Bell, his K2R Motorsports team, qualified on pole for Naveen Rao. That was the third pole position of the season for the 64. He has led every lap and... Jeremy Shaw, as you just said, putting in some spectacular lap times. 12.3 seconds ahead of Keith Grant and second the last time by at the line. Naveen Rao has done his part. And as we reach the 50-minute mark of time elapsed, you would think we would see that 64 on pit lane in the best of times. It's about 54 minutes. Now, we did have two full-course cautions in there. So I'm thinking... 53 to 56 minutes, perhaps, is about all you can do. And for me now, right now, with 12 seconds and change in hand and putting in good lap times, you leave him in until the last minute. And, of course, the other thing that does is it opens up your strategy going forward the later you're able to pit. So Rao with clean sailing right now in front of him. Jeremy doing everything that he needs to do to try to bring that championship home to he, Matt Bell, and
0: K2R. Yeah, that's exactly right and uh, this, this is the battle now back here <clears throat> as we see uh, Stephen Thomas making a move there on uh, Bruce Hamilton, nice move that is for the for the seventh position directly ahead of him is that green car of Paul La Haye, who's having his best run of the season in the sixth position for one motorsports in that Ligier, uh, also just ahead of them is Greg Palmer who's uh, doing a super job also in that junior three racing car number three in fifth place. Thomas now past
1: LeHay. Greg Palmer will be the next car in his sights. And a problem for Palmer, the number three up there at oh. turn three. He is going around. We saw Lance Wilsey with a very similar spin. And once again, you come off of turn three, and then you've got to quickly transition the car back to the left without traction control. You get in there and get just a little bit loose, and you try to move some weight to the back end of the car with the throttle and get some rear wheel spin and there it is
0: doesn't take long yeah, to get it around been, yeah, it doesn't take long uh, after i say what a good job he's doing for <laughs> him to make a mistake either does he uh, i'm sorry about that uh, uh, greg but you really were doing a fine job gear. there it's, it's a shame to punctuate it with a spin but still you know he's had an excellent run he has had an excellent run and they like i said earlier
1: he and his son greg having a great time out there, or son Eric, I should say, having a great time. I, I can't imagine being able to do that with my kids. How great is that? You know, you can, you can go hunting, you can go fishing, you can go to a ball game together, but to come and race together, and Greg had done some Porsche GT3 Cup stuff, and Eric had done some Spec Miata racing in the SECA and... Greg said, well, I'm certainly not going to buy two Porsche GG3 Cup cars. Let's find a way to use one car for the both of us. And they have found a home here in IMSA Prototype Challenge. Naveen Rao found a home out front here at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. From the pole, led every lap, 14 seconds now in hand. And we would expect to see him with that pit stop here before long as... Good battle. Steven Thomas working his way back up towards the front after his pit stop, one of those cars that elected to stop early and take advantage of that second full-course caution. John Brownson in front of him. That's not for position. Now the three is on pit road. Greg Palmer will climb out. Eric looks to be climbing in. Are they just putting a water bottle in? No, Greg's going to get in, or Eric's going to get in, I should say.
0: And also on to pit lane is kind of a 54 for Dominic Cicero to hand over to Dakota Dickerson with 54 minutes in the book. So I think they are committed to a three-stop strategy at this point in the race.
1: And I don't think that's a bad idea at all. I don't think they need to gamble and take any unnecessary chances. It's a racetrack where, yeah, you can get full course cautions because of the gravel traps, especially at the exit of seven and they're in 10A and 10B, but it's not a huge field of cars, 14 cars, so the opportunities are minimized when you have fewer cars on the racetrack. It's not like there are 30 or 35 cars out there, so I think it's a, a good bet to go ahead and get that done and, and not risk it. And, of course, if you didn't, if you were going to risk it, if you were going to gamble, you needed to do that, Earlier on, you're now at the end of that stint. So you, you have to pit now because you're out of fuel and you've kind of gone ahead and played the hand that you were dealt. You, you needed to make that decision if you were going to gamble a little bit earlier and see if you could maybe stop on the yellow and then
0: get another lengthy yellow sometime later and only have to do one more stop. Yeah, exactly right, Brant. Till yes, on top of the strategy there, and for that number 54 team, MLT Motorsports uh, all of the teams here they're allowed five sets of Michelin tires for this entire race weekend. Uh, they've been very abstemious with their with their with their tire usage during practice and qualifying, as we see there. That was, uh, I think, yeah, okay, that's the, the number 86 car. Uh, it was just losing a position there to uh, Bruce Hamilton. Uh, finally they've had a good bat as he brings that car to pit lane number fifty four car they've been very abstemious and as i say they've they've saved a fresh set of tires, anticipating having to make a third pit stop during this race so that they' will give them a fresh set of Michelin tires for the final stint so they're already committed they were committed coming into this event to making three stops, but the good news is they're going to have some fresh tires, and that could be very very beneficial in the latter stages of this race.
1: Lance Wilsey getting together with the 86 of Paul LaHaye there in turn 10. I think the door got opened up. Wilsey said, I'll take it. And and Paul LaHaye had no idea he was there. They pretty much wheel-to-wheel contact at the apex of 10A. And I think LaHaye was on his way into the pit lane anyway, but just got caught out there. looks like no harm, no foul. The 40 now on pit road. Keith Grant, he'll hand that over to his brother And I'm wondering where on the racetrack the 64 is right now. I would expect to see him. He's gone a long way, 56 minutes, but so has Joe Robillard. And we know Keith Grant is now on pit lane. Everybody here in the next couple of laps will have done their first pit stop. And really, it's the 11 of Stephen Thomas in fourth that's the first car out there who has already made one stop.
0: Indeed, and the, the, uh, the Norman chassis. We talked about the difference between the norm- Well, There's uh, a big defence wow. there by car number Six, that's Rasmus Lin, trying to keep Stephen Simpson behind him, unable to do so. The 75 car goes through there. Those two are teammates, both from Performance Tech Motorsports, and Rasmus Lynn there, the young Swede. Losing a place to the South African-born, but now American-naturalised citizen Stephen Simpson. A massive amount of experience, of course, in the in the sports cars. Here is our race leader on to pit lane. 57 minutes completed in this race. I was going to say before that uh, little interruption was the, the Norma, because it's a little bit more slippery, has a bit more straight line speed than the Ligier, a little bit less... Uh, downforce. It is better on fuel consumption than the Ligier. That explains why the Normans can generally go a little bit further on fuel than can the Ligier's. Well,
1: and for the 54 team, they thought that they might be able to stretch at the MLT guys because they were running less downforce on the 54. But we've already seen that car in. And I think they wanted to get Dakota Dickerson in and see if Dickerson could go out there and put some fast laps in and try to close down any of that gap that had been created by Naveen so We'll have to see how that turns out once Matt Bell gets in behind the wheel of the 64. I think for Rasmus Lynn, they're doing battle with Steven Simpson. Perhaps he doesn't know Steven Simpson very well, Jeremy, because Simpson was having nothing to do with that. Very accomplished race car driver. Runs in Michelin Prototype Challenge, also in the WeatherTech series. Had a stirring drive a couple of years ago to win the Salem six hours of the Glen uh, and uh, DPI car and yeah I, I think Rasmus Lynn needed to look up the resume of Stephen
0: Simpson a little bit before he tried that defensive maneuver into one Yeah, that's exactly right uh, Rasmus might have a big future ahead of him but he's still got a lot to learn about uh, sports car <laughs> racing and you know, he's not he's not used uh, to be out there on the racetrack with the drivers with a massive amount of experience generally in the, in the, uh, the uh, lower rungs of the the, the road to Indy ladder, uh, you, you, you're around drivers with a similar amount of experience. So he's certainly not used to battling somewhere with the, uh, the vast experience of Steven Simpson. He, he's been there and done that in his uh, very, very strong career.
1: Absolutely. And, and one of the true gentlemen in the paddock and and as I said, had a stirring drive at Watkins Glen, is very fast in anything that he gets in, and kind of went to school Or took Rasmus Lind, I should say, to school a little bit there in turn one, just a couple of laps ago. Coming out of turn seven, the last time by the 74, John Brownson with a bit of an issue as Stephen Thomas goes by. Thomas, once the number 10 car comes to pit lane, we should see him move to the lead as Dominic Cicero. Or as I should say, Dakota Dickerson now down the front straightaway in the 54. Be interesting to see how this plays out with Matt Bell.
0: Yeah. So we're out in the lead now it is Joe Robillard in uh, car number 10. We'll be expecting to see him onto pit lane uh, very, very shortly after a very good first stint in that Robillard Racing normal Chassis car number 10. He was hand over the car to Stephen McAleer. Now, have you made a pit stop? Uh, the first of the. Uh, the drivers who have made a pit stop already is Stephen Thomas in second position. And he's got about, uh, about uh, how much. I'll have to wait till they come across the line this time. But uh, next on the road, I think, should be, well, everybody else is, is either in the pit lane. Those are the only two cars that uh, have not yet made, excuse me, the only driver not to have made a pit stop so far uh, are the number 10 car and also the number 60 of uh, Bruce Hamilton. Oh no, he's in pit late now, so uh, he is pulled out of the. Jeremy, uh, Joe Robillard. Position. Yeah. Robillard has to pit this lap, I would think. Very soon, certainly. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, know, we talked about the enormous, the of certainly, you know, they are very good on fuel consumption, and I think that might explain why Joe Robillard was being sort of, sort of conservative early on, particularly with those two full course cautions. I'm sure he's trying to stretch this fuel as long as he can in order that uh, they can make just this race on just two pit stops to I think what would be everybody else's three. Sure yeah, up for up kind of thing? It'll be interesting to see. I mean he's
1: putting in good lap times. He's just yeah. a couple of tenths slower than Stephen Thomas is, but when you, you go back to the Dakota Dickersons, he's about six or seven tenths of a second off of them as Lance Wilsey down pit lane he was just in the pit so i don't know if he had a penalty or what matt bell down through the s's and as i was saying we're going to have to wait and see how this all settles down now i've said matt bell the 64 was on pit road i don't know if they didn't change the driver id but naveen Rao still on my timing and scoring being shown in the 64 jeremy
0: is he really? Wow! Yeah, he is. You're right. Well, oh, I mean, he's certainly done a fantastic job uh, at the lead of this race. No question uh, about that. Um, so uh, you know, it could be. I'd be certainly be surprised if the, if they didn't make the uh, the driver change. But look, as I say, Naveen, he put this car on the pole position. He's done an absolutely excellent job this season, and all they need right now is a, a consistent run to the finish. They don't need to win this race. And with the problems for number 54, Dakota Dickerson has made his pit stop and driver change in car number 54, but he's down in a ninth position. So for him to come all the way through to win the race, that's going to be a tall ask from there. Uh, and if he doesn't, if the 54 car does not win the race, then the fourth place is all the number 64 car needs. No, it's now showing as the driver change has been, has been made. So it is Matt Bell at the wheel of 64. But, you know, come what May, they're, they're doing an excellent job. here now is our race leader, uh, Joe Robinard into the pits.
1: Yeah, they extended their fuel mileage farther than any other team out there. And I don't know if that was a condition of the yellows or if they just were going to leave Joe in because he was turning good lap times and just run him to the absolute end of the stint, which opens up further strategic opportunities if there were other yellows that were out there. But anyway, you look at it Stephen Bacalier will now climb on board the 10. And as you said, Jeremy, it's a pretty lengthy minimum time here on Pit Road.
0: Yeah, 105 seconds uh, it is. So uh, you're right. uh, It it is a long time. But here is now Stephen Thomas. He's uh, out in the lead of this race. Uh, He's got a, a huge margin over the rest of the field. And the reason for that is because he made his fuel stop under yellow flag conditions he came out a long way behind uh the rest of the pack because uh, we went back to green just after he had made his pit stop he wasn't he hadn't been able to close up onto the tail end of the field but even with the deficit there uh, his second pit stop which he made uh well, he hasn't made the second pit stop. So, uh, because everybody else has had a much longer pit stop under green flag conditions, he is now out in the lead of this race, is Stephen Thomas in car number 11. And he will be able to go uh, probably another. Uh, I have to figure this out. What was that? 30 minutes? Probably another. 20 minutes or so before he needs to make a pit stop. So he can uh, now concentrate on running fast laps at the front of the field and really enjoy himself in the lead of this race. He also has set, well, he had set the fastest lap of the race. So it's now been retaken uh, by Matt Bell car number 64 already.
1: It's going to be interesting to see where McAleer comes out in this order because right now I'm trying to do the math in my mind and find the 64 car on the racetrack. Remember, Joe Robillard had done a good job, was putting in good lap times, and it had extended the lead over the 64, in my mind, to over a minute, maybe a minute and a half. And so I'm like, I don't know, Jeremy, I'm confused. You're better at looking forward through all of this than I am. It's Thomas Sorry, Bell and McAleer, as it's shown on timing at, at this point. What,
0: so what was the question?
1: No, I was just trying to figure out where... Steven McAleer was going to come out because, you know, with that long, long pit stop,
0: uh, you,
1: you lose, you lose so much time. And, and to me, I'm, I'm a lot better to just wait for a couple of laps, to let it all settle down before I can figure out where they are. I can't tell the future like you can by looking at this timing.
0: Yeah, no, but by by making the uh, the fuel stop there, you're gonna you're gonna lose it. It's a minimum 105 seconds uh, on the pit lane, but you're gonna lose more lose more time relative to somebody who stays out on the racetrack because of slowing down to come into the pits and speeding up again after after the pit stops. Uh, so uh, that is that's the main reason why Stephen Thomas has such a big lead right now. But Matt Bell in second position in Car Number 64 has just once again set a new fastest lap of the race, one minute 17. Uh, point four oh five. He's still somewhere away from his own lap record that he set last year at 116.7. That's Scott Andrews. Excuse me, Scott Andrews set the fastest lap last year, the lap record at 116.7. Andrews now is uh, at the wheel of the number nine. No, he's not, is he? Because Jerry Crout hasn't made his pit stop in car number nine. So it's still Jerry Crout running in the number nine car in the third position. Still yet to hand over that car to the uh, young Australian. Still, say young, he was young. He's not quite so young now, <laughs> is he, Stephen? He's been around this sport a long time. Time flies, isn't it, when you're having fun? Uh, so but to Jerry Crout now quite running so in third <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> John
1: Brownson falls victim to Stephen Simpson. And Rasmus Lynn as they dive into turn 12. And Lynn now has just latched onto that rear wing of Steven Simpson. Perhaps he's saying, okay, uh, well, that guy that got by me must know what he's doing. I think I'll follow him a little bit. And this, I was wondering about this. The 10 car, Steven McAleer had just climbed behind the wheel. And I noticed the group of cars heading into turn six. And McAleer did not have the pace. The 74 now around up in turn four, and there is something amiss with the number 10.
0: Ah, oh, yes, that's a shame.
1: I, I had noticed him, Jeremy, in the back of a shot after his pit stop. It was after he had been released, and something was wrong he was off pace and it looks like they're going to look at the left rear and now the right rear the right rear tire looks the right rear wheel looks loose i just saw a crew member move it and it just there was a lot of movement on it and the t- the wheel looked loose i saw the crew member grab it and it the wheel itself wobbled now they'll go and see if they can get it sorted and that is just heartbreaking as McAleer now pulls away, but that's his experience. He, he immediately knew something was wrong and he knew it was in the rear of the car because as soon as the car stopped, that's where the crew went. He just said, something's not not right. Something's not proper in the rear of the car. And they found it, found it pretty quickly, but that's still a long time down pit lane and that's gonna set them well back.
0: Yeah, that's really disappointing uh, for, for, uh, for that team. Uh, because uh, they've been running so well up until there's a spin for number 74 car. Uh, That's uh, Mr. Excitement, John Brownson, uh, spinning that car around as well.
1: There's the six heading through turn six, Rasmus Lynn, trying to stay up with Steven Simpson. And I think getting caught in that traffic kind of backed them off just a little bit. and. This three-hour race format, I don't think you can get in a hurry. You can't press. You need to be patient. Perhaps that Robillard racing team just in too big of a hurry to get tires changed. They did not get that right rear on tight for Stephen McAleer. And that costs them dearly. But for Stephen Thomas, another one of these guys, Jeremy, you and I talked about this early on. A man who does not make his living driving race cars. Very impressive indeed, Right now, turning good lap times. They always say if I can be within a second a mile of the pro driver in the car, then I'm good. So the two and a half mile racetrack. So if I can be within two and a half seconds of the pro driver, I'm doing good. And right now, Stephen Thomas, well within that delta to Matt Bell, who's behind him, who's one of the best in the business. And one of these cars, Matt Bell, in fact, running in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship this weekend
0: in a P2 car. Yeah, he is. That's right. Uh, that's going to be interesting. And here is the uh, number 10 car on uh, pit lane. Okay, uh, is that a penalty? Is it just leaving? No, he's coming back. Now, there's something me?
1: Something's not right with the re- yeah. it, It's not staying tight for some reason.
0: Uh, super disappointing right. for that yeah. team.
1: On the previous stop, when the tire man went to the right rear... He moved the tire, and the whole tire moved, and I don't know if it's a gun thing or the wheel nut for some reason is not. It's staying on the axle, obviously, because the keepers are keeping it there and not allowing the nut to come off and therefore the wheel to come off, but for some reason, it seems like that wheel nut is loosening up a little bit on the right rear of the 10. Jerry Kraut down through the S's, the 40, David Grant, just behind him, the Grant brothers, Keith Grant, David Grant, sharing that car with Parker Thompson this weekend. And Jerry Kraut is another one of those guys. Jeremy, we were just talking about it. I told him yesterday, I think the best drive I've seen Jerry put in, both in the open wheel racing that I've watched him do over the years and the sports car racing, was at Sebring. He was magic at Sebring, really, really showed what he is made of just the nicest guy in the world quiet as can be but speaks volumes when he's in the car right now having a good run with david grant grant not able to do anything with him even though they're both in that norma chassis and when jerry kraut hands that car over to scott andrews andrews is definitely a speedster
0: yeah the lap record holder uh, at a 116.7. By the way, uh, Matt Bell continues to set uh, new fastest laps. He's done uh, four times in the last five laps. Matt Bell. He's got it down now to one minute 17.198. Last time around, that's see he's in second position overall at the moment still, uh, almost 40 seconds behind the race leader Stephen Thomas, who's a stretching his uh, his fuel. Of course, he's on much older tyres now, uh, and he's lapping last time around a one minute 18.8. For our race leaders, he completes lap 50 in this three hour race. We've got an hour and 46 minutes remaining.
1: So it'll be interesting to see Bell being shown as pitting on lap 39. So if you figure that you can get 39 laps out of a tank of fuel, then we should see in about 10 laps, Stephen Thomas come to pit lane. the thing when you get these cars on different fuel strategies they're going to be all mixed up until everyone makes their final stop then you'll have a much better idea of what the true running order to the finish is going to be right now things just a little discombobulated with the different pit stop strategies but for Dakota Dickerson and Dominic Cicero in the 54 definitely not sitting where they want to be jeremy they're being shown back in seventh they need to win this race 64 needs to finish fourth if dakota dickerson has any hopes of winning this championship but we are far from over still an hour and 45 minutes to go in fact in 25 seconds we'll be at a, a normal sprint race distance for prototype challenge
0: yeah that's is that's exactly right so uh we're watching here uh, Dakota Dickerson dicing with uh, a car. This is not a Battle 4 position uh, on the uh, in the overall standings. Is that the Wolver racing car behind him? Car number 60? Uh, not uh, quite sure. But it's awfully sort of difficult to not be able to see it's the cars a on the racing. 47, okay fine, so that's uh, Jonathan George who's uh, three laps down to the race leader, he's a couple of laps behind the number 55 car Jonathan George turning some some pretty good laps at this stage, he's a little bit quicker than Dakota Dickens. they're lapping pretty similar lap times 119.0 for Dakota last time around, that's only uh, a couple of tenths away from his best lap of the race, he has gone a little bit quicker already than Dominic Cicero, but he's struggling here to keep that car that is uh, several laps behind, behind him
1: well, I guess my question, Jeremy, is, I mean, Jonathan George is a very accomplished race car driver. He's very quick, one of the best coaches around, does some coaching with Indy car drivers, sports car drivers, you name it. Um, if you're Dakota Dickerson, and obviously George has gotten past him now, I was going to say, how how much do you fight with him? He's multiple laps down. He's faster than you are. You might be able to get a little help with the toe down the straightaways. So, you know, there, that's a fight. That's not worth it at all, and I think Dakota Dickerson knew exactly that. And when George made the move to the inside and turned ten, he was like, "Fine, go right ahead."
0: Yeah, right. You you got to you pick pick your battles, haven't you, uh, out on the racetrack? There's no point in fighting with somebody that uh, really inconsequential in the in the uh, at the end of the race. Uh, certainly that would be the case now between number 54 and number 47. So there's no point in uh, defending that position. D. Jonathan George has gone past, and that would be just fine for Dakota Dickerson at this stage in the race. Stephen Simpson in the
1: 75, now up to fifth in Rasmus Lynn. This is the way these two cars have run since the pit stop. And there, I think Rasmus Lind has decided that he's just going to stay in the wake of the 75 and and let Steven Simpson do the heavy lifting of moving the cars out of the way in front. Both of those cars out of Performance Tech Motorsports. And Rasmus Lind co-driver Dan Goldberg has put in and had quite the season after joining with Lind. They had a sixth, a second a ninth and a third. So they've had two podium finishes in the four races that they've run together. And I really think that having a driver like Rasmus Lynn join you, it, it elevates a guy like Dan Goldberg It pushes him a little bit farther. And Joe Robillard said the same thing about Stephen McAleer. He said, you know, I love this format where we're able to young run with these young silver drivers. And he said, he pushes me, you know, he pushes me not only on the racetrack, he pushes me with my fitness it, and and it sounds silly, but he keeps me younger. I said, how many people say no to you at your office, Joe? And he said, nobody. And I said, how often does Steven <laughs> say no to you? And he said, all the time. All the yeah. time. He's, he's one of the few people that could boss me around a little bit. And I, I think that's great for these guys to come in here. And, and realize that someone does it better and that they can learn from them. And if you've got an open mind, it's going to make you better. And that's exactly what McAleer and Robillard have going on. I'd say Rasmus Lind, Dan Goldberg, the same thing. And really, a lot of these driver pairings up and down.
0: Indeed, we just saw uh, the number 54 car, Dakota Dixon, putting a lap on number three car. Here, though, is a a fourth-place car, or was a fourth-place car, Jerry Kraut. He'd just been lapped. You might have noticed coming down into the Turn 10 chicane on that lap by the race leader, Stephen Thomas. Uh, And Stephen Thomas had been kind of caught up behind Jerry Kraut for a couple of laps, lost a fair bit of ground. His last lap time was a 121.2 for uh, the race leader, Stephen Thomas. He had been doing 18, so that cost him a lot of ground. But now Jerry Kraut is into the pits. Uh, he, of course, had that drive-through penalty earlier on after coming to the pits early uh, because he he was going too fast on the pit lane. There is a, a speed limit in pit lane for safety reasons. He exceeded that, had a drive-through. Now, though, he's handing that car over finally to uh, to uh, Scott Andrews, the the Australian driver will take over car number nine it's hard to believe now that Scott andrews he's he's 30 years of age now uh, incredible uh, but uh, he's he's a very talented guy he still is the the lap record holder here uh, but that uh, he's only got about three or four tenths of a second out over matt bell who has set the fastest lap in this race at 117.1 continues to pound out really really quick laps uh at 117.4 last time around for matt bell uh, he's got the gap down, though, from from over 40 seconds down to 27 seconds. Of course, different strategies have been run by the top two cars in the race, number 11 and the number 64. Number 11 car, uh, he has made uh, one fuel stop under yellow, uh, and I think he should be able to, he should probably be in the pits now fairly soon to make his second fuel stop of the day. There's a spin for uh, the third position car of David Grant.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's just unfortunate. I'm not exactly sure what happened there, but in, in speaking with them earlier, they were saying, we got to get our second stints better. We got to get our second stints better. That's what's cost us. Well, it just cost David Grant. I don't know if it's going to cost him a position. We'll have to see, but teammates, Rasmus Lynn, Stephen Simpson, down the back straightaway side by side, and Rasmus Lynn is going to have the inside for the breaking zone. Down at turn 10, but they also have two cars in front of them. They're a little bit slower. Who could use the 86 as a pick? Steven Simpson probably discretion before Valor there and says, you know, I don't think I'm going to fight too hard on this. As Rasmus Lynn looks to the inside at the apex of 12, nothing doing there. And that may give Simpson the run down to turn one. Can't close up there on Lynn. So Lynn through using that heavy braking down into turn 10 and now is stuck up behind the 86.
0: Yeah, number 40 car of of, uh, David Grant. He was trying to stay on the lead lap. He was right at the tail end of the lead lap. Uh, so I don't know what, what, what happened. I don't think we saw what happened to him, but he's now, he is off the lead lap. He is behind this battle between the number six, who's trying to put a, a lap on number 86, driven now by Chip Roma, making his debut in this championship. Chip's got a lot of racing experience in all sorts of different, well, not only cars, but also, also uh, boats. He's turned some ridiculous uh, high-speed boat runs in in, in various catamarans. a part of 200 miles an hour, so he's no. clearly fairly brave. No. That's just, just no. <laughs> Bra- <laughs> is brave the right word there, Brian? I, I,
1: I mean, I don't know if brave is the right word or not, but just no. I, I mean, fast been... boats scare me a lot. A lot. Rasmus Lynn getting past Romer and that's going to allow him up into the third position. Steven Simpson just behind him. Lynn able to use some traffic and a good runoff of turn seven just a lap ago to get past his teammate. Still Steven Thomas out in front. So impressive throughout the season, but what we've seen out of Steven Thomas is just gradual progression throughout the year, and he's gotten better and better and better. Started with an eighth-place finish, then a tenth, then a twelfth, then a sixth, and then a sixth again at mid-Ohio. And then his best qualifying of the season here. There is a progression that is easy, easily witnessed for Stephen Thomas. We've seen it all year long. It's the 74, John Brownson, on pit lane. Thomas, though, I would expect to see him here on pit lane pretty shortly, Jeremy.
0: Yes, I I, I agree. I think uh, sometime in the next uh, couple of three laps, uh, most likely, uh, he, he made his pit stop. Uh, about half an hour into the race, uh, we've now done uh, yeah, an hour and, uh, over, over an hour and a half. So, yeah, I would accept him in uh, pretty soon here. Uh, and uh, here he, he comes right now.
1: I was going to say, he might be able to get 58, 59 laps out of it. He's would have completed 58 this time as he goes across the line. So time to bring that 11 in, get it topped up. I'm sure Thomas Merrill will climb behind the wheel. That will move Matt Bell into the lead it's where the 64 car started Naveen Rao put it on the pole and Naveen Rao Matt Bell sights firmly set on the championship as they have been all season long
0: really impressive run here by uh, Stephen Thomas wasn't it Brian
1: yeah I mean it really was Jeremy we've talked about his progression and I mean, you've driven race cars. You certainly have studied race car drivers. You're an encyclopedia of knowledge, and I just find it impressive. You think back to drivers that you've seen do that kind of a job, that kind of a progression. Remember, it was only a year ago that you started racing at all, and hats off to every bronze driver that's in the field. Um, we we talked about the prowess of many of them, but it's just been fun to watch that progression throughout the season.
0: Yeah, it really has, and uh, he has another number 54 car he's being uh, lapped by. That's number 64, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah, that's not what we want to see. Dakota Dickerson yeah. cannot
1: be happy to see that.
0: No, that's, uh, you know, with uh, half the race down, and he's now a lap behind his uh, championship rival, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's not not, uh, not ideal by, uh, by any means.
1: Well, and you look through and we talk about
0: consistency
1: and speed and the 64 has had both, as we said at the very beginning of this show, they've had one victory, but they've only been off the podium one time. You look at Dakota Dickerson, he's had two podium finishes, one of those being a victory. So a victory, one other podium finishes, and then two fourths. So nothing to be ashamed of. They've never finished out of the top five. But it's just been those couple of steps on the podium throughout the year that have made the difference. A, a point here, a point there, a position here, a position there. And he had closed the championship down a little bit after VIR and Mid-Ohio with the win at Mid-Ohio. But they could never really shake the 64. Look at this. Steven Simpson returning the favor of Rasmus Lynn gets the pass done down and turned 10A and Lynn. Well, we'll take it a lap or two and see if he can get it back. But as I was saying, Dakota Dickerson and Dominic Cicero just never able to shake. It seemed like the 64. If they finished fourth, the 64 finished fifth. You can never find a finish where we, you know, they finished on the podium in three, four, five positions down. The order was the 64. The 64 just consistent all year long. Hats off to Naveen Rao, Matt Bell for doing the driving, but also have to give congratulations to the KTR Motorsports team for doing such a good job. I'm not handing them the championship yet by any stretch of the imagination. It's just been a very, very impressive season so far for the 64.
0: Yeah, very much so it has. And, you know, Naveen Rami, mean, he's only been racing for a couple of years, so uh, he, he's done a really good job as well. There's number 10 car still struggling for uh, Stephen McAleer. Uh, and he's going to bring that car into pit lane one more time. Just a quick note here that Scott Andrews, the track record holder, he has reset the fastest lap of the race. it's has gives me a couple of laps. No, he's only one lap down, I think, uh, to our race leader. You know, maybe he's two laps down. i have to wait and see where they are on the racetrack, uh, uh, having taken over from Jerry Cloud. But he has to set the new fastest lap of the race at 116.984. For uh, Scott so he's the first guy in this race to get below one minute seventeen. In fact, there's only two drivers who have been in the seventeens: Matt Bell, a seventeen point one, and over the last couple of laps, uh, Thomas Merrill uh, uh, turned uh, a a, a seventeen eight as well. Uh, uh, nobody else has been below 1 minute 18. When
1: you think about the experience that Scott Andrews has, we talked about it earlier, Jeremy, he has a lot of time in these LMP3 type cars racing in Europe and both here in the United States. So he has the experience and now he has the fast lap time. 16.7 last time I
0: this battle for uh, for second place is um, is is really really good. Uh, it's it's been back and forth, hasn't it? Two teammates, of course. So they're gonna yeah they get they the, they know them, they're not in contention for the win here unless something really weird happens to uh, number six. are uh, a full minute behind in second uh, positions, but uh, yeah. So they're not ch- challenging for the win. Now, they're gonna give. I think they're gonna be respectful to each other. It's the first time. Uh, with his team for Stephen Simpson so you know uh, uh, his best result of this, so far was in the first round of the championship at Daytona uh, where he was the first position uh, a super run by that uh, by that by that crew here this game Campbell Castle and Steven
1: Those teammates down through the S's into turn five. And they've taken turns there at the point. The great thing is for Performance Tech, they've got two cars on the podium right now. Still an hour and a half to go from Road Atlanta in the season finality. And absolutely glorious weather. It's been a difficult season for the teams, the drivers, crews, and certainly, the fans. We thank everybody for being here this weekend under such difficult conditions. And great racing going on in IMSA Prototype Challenge. That is what makes this series so attractive. And Jeremy, as we look to the future, new cars next year, an IMSA Prototype Challenge championship, just as we've seen this year, is on on tap. It's in store. As the 75, I believe, has dived to pit lane but the other great thing is we're going to see an lmp3 class in imsa WeatherTech, and that should bring some new teams new drivers into the WeatherTech championship and some great racing as well some of these teams and drivers able to now run these prototype three type cars at the rolex 24 and other great events throughout the season as steven simpson now rolls to a stop
0: Indeed, he does. So Simpson, then in the pit, he gives up a second position now to make this pit stop. This will be the uh, second pit stop out of th- three for this number 75 car. We're uh, just a, uh, almost exactly halfway through this uh, one, uh, this three-hour race. We've just uh, just just completed half distance in, in this race. So uh, still a long, long way to go. Uh, and uh, you know, it, uh, of course anything can happen but uh, this is going to the car was already more than a minute down to our race leader Matt Bell uh, and this of course is going to drop them further behind as well but it's still been, a, it's been an, an excellent performance by this team they're going to uh, put some uh, fresh Michelin tyres on this car for Steven Simpson uh, and uh, the, uh, there's no rush there on the refueling, really. they have to make it as we said earlier, earlier on a minimum time of 105 seconds before, from pit in to pit out out onto the racetrack though Matt Bell continues to lead this race and it's That's interesting third place car directly ahead of him on the racetrack isn't it
1: Yeah, I think it may be and I was going to say Jeremy Bell seemed to kind of answer the lap times that were being put in by the Scott Andrews and so on and so forth he had gone a little bit quicker now he's gotten caught up behind the 40 of David Grant and and it slowed back down a little bit. But impressive lap times by Scott Andrews. We talked about that. Matt Bell running consistently in the low 18s, high 17s when he has open traffic. Now the 40 of David Grant holding him up a little bit. And Bell, a very experienced race car driver, very fast race car driver, knows that the championship really is on his shoulders right now. They've got a lead. They know that their nearest competition in the championship is back and forth, so they're in the catbird seat. He doesn't need to be too aggressive. He needs to be smart and take opportunities where they're given and not force anything here for the next hour and 27 minutes. That may be easier said than done at times though, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, he doesn't need to extend himself here. Um, and uh, you know, these are these are uh, pretty much identical cars. They're both normal M30 chassis. Matt Bell running for K2R Motorsports, David Grant for 47 Motorsports. So two different teams, but uh, I'm sure pretty close, pretty pretty, uh, similar setups on these cars. And uh, we've seen how fast David Grant has been in the past. He's running laps consistently in the uh, the low minute, low one minute 19s. Matt Bell, of course, is capable of going a couple of seconds quicker than that because he already turned a best lap of 117.1. But uh, he's going to be awfully difficult to make a pass on a very similar car for the race leader, Matt Bell. It's just going to be, its going to be, there's no point in taking any risks here for the race leader, Matthew Bell. Yeah,
1: and it's interesting. He's moving around a lot in the mirror. And the other thing you, you want to make sure of is that if the car in front of you has a problem, you don't get caught up in in their mistake, in, in their problem. So you got to press hard. I think the other thing is one of the most difficult things for a race car driver is To kind of throttle back a little bit, pardon the pun, Um, you want to stay focused. You want to stay on that razor's edge the entire time and stay in the game. If you let your mind wander at all, you can make a mistake at 160-plus miles an hour into a braking zone. A small error can cost you greatly. And I think Matt Bell played it perfectly that time, put the pressure on the car in front, and, and just said hey i'm here i'm here i'm here i don't want you to screw up i don't want you to make a mistake and take me out but i want you to know that i'm going to be coming by at some point in time got it done got it done easily there into turn 10 matt bell now empty racetrack in front of him and that's what he wants to see yes
0: yeah, so uh patience paid off there for matt bell good uh, good move and he has now got a uh, clean sailing in front of him meanwhile Uh, He's a couple of laps down to Matt Bell, but Scott Andrews has set a new fastest lap of the race. Not only that, he's beaten his own lap record. A one minute 16.698 for the Australian. Car number nine is Scott Andrews. That's just an amazing lap time.
1: And you, you think that the racetrack would be starting to get a little bit faster, Jeremy, as the surface temperature begins to heat up a little bit. We still have nice cool air for those engines to breathe, but now the surface temperature heating up a little bit gonna give you a little better grip and everything really playing in to the, the driver's hands as far as having a good car underneath them. If you had a, a good balance before, the car should just get better and better as we get just a little bit more track temperature. Matt Bell across the line one more time, an hour and 24 minutes to go the season finale of IMSA prototype challenge from Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta up the hill, trying to work his way through traffic. And as the leader, as the championship leader, this is where you wanna be careful. One of the most treacherous parts of the racetrack down through the S's into turn five and Bell carrying the championship on his shoulders to the checkered flag. As I said, just an hour and 23 minutes now to go. Every pass that you make needs to be definitive. You need to make sure that that other car knows that you're there and you're going to make it work. Now he's got David Grant in front. I believe it was actually Jonathan George that he was working on a little bit earlier, trying to make that work. But right behind Whoops. him, one of the fastest cars on the racetrack, and that's the number nine, but a problem in turn one.
0: Yeah, Chip Romer, one of the cars. Yeah, so the 86
1: involved, that's Romer. and I didn't see the other car at the top of the hill. Let's take a look. And this is what I talk about being involved in somebody else's problem. It was Romer with the spin and then the trailing car, nowhere to go. The car is really bound up with the compression there in turn one. And it's hard to make any kind of significant throttle or steering adjustment there without upsetting the car, and that is exactly what happened. I didn't get the number on the trailing car, but that car spinning back into the inside, making contact with the wall, and you can see part of the under tray out there, what we call the cheese wedges, those triangular shaped pieces of the under tray that sit behind the rear wheels have uh, left the car, because I think he kind of swiped that back end across, and there I think it's the 60 that was involved.
0: Yeah. Okay. It, it, yeah, it was. It, you know, there's all all of a sudden, after the last few races, a few cars have changed their color scheme. It's often difficult now to <laughs> pick some of them apart. Included the race leader, 64 I was keeping quiet there because I wasn't even sh- wasn't. 100% sure it wasn't the race leader that got involved in there, but no, indeed, I think it was uh, Tristan Vidas, a young Estonian who's kind of a protege of uh, Estonian-born Tony's Chasm it's who will tra- take over this Welver Racing car number 60 for the final stint, and poor uh, Tristan there uh, he, he really had nowhere to go uh, with that spinny car in front of him. You're you flat out committed through turn when it's a super fast corner, really, really tricky. And this is going to bring out the full course caution. Yeah. Right before the caution period came out, the number six car of Rasmus Lind was on pit lane. Uh, the question is now, uh, how much time is that going to cost him? I think he's going to come out, and make his, uh, be able to re- remain in the third position, but he is going to be a lap down. I think now we've only got one car on a lap on its own. That is our race leader, Matthew Bell in car number 64, a lap clear of everybody else led by David Grant in car number 40, number 54 car of Dakota Dickerson now up into third position.
1: Yeah, I was afraid that we were going to see that uh, with the debris that was on the racetrack and there are large pieces of debris there in turn one and, and pretty much online where you want to run. The other thing is, uh, The 60 shedding body parts as it went around the racetrack as well. A pretty large piece came off on the front straightaway as he came through turn 12. That last time I felt pretty strongly that the officials were going to need to go get that taken care of. And damage on Andrew's number nine, the left front, some damage there. The dive plane has been ripped (laughs) off. I didn't see where that might have taken place.
0: Well, it hasn't slowed head down at all. Uh, oh, it doesn't wow. seem like he's, he's set a new lap record uh, just a few laps to go, unless this uh, contest has happened since then. Um, but, uh, yeah, is, uh, clearly there's a gaping hole in the left front of that number nine car.
1: All right, now this is going to be interesting. So we've got the full course caution, and I don't really see anybody in the order that you would think needs to pit anytime soon. The 86 and maybe the 3, but those cars really not... In contention, so I look at it, and with Matt Bell with a one-lap lead now, that becomes very problematic for the 54. But at the same point in time, if the 64 has any kind of problems at all, then they can actually take a little bit of time to come to pit lane. If you had a piece of bodywork that was loose, whatever well, the case may be, you've got that yeah. that lap to deal with.
0: That's right for number 64 car. I mean, it's a lap of everybody else, so. What he could do uh, now is if he, make, if he makes his pit stop once the pits are open, I'm not sure they've been opened yet, um, but if he makes a pit stop now uh, under yellow, he should be able to complete that pit stop and still be ahead of everybody else. Uh, but uh, with an hour and, uh, and 20 minutes remaining in this race, you won't, will not have enough fuel unless there's another extended caution period. I mean, extended caution period. You will not have enough fuel to get to the end from here. So I don't think there's really much point yeah. in making a pit stop now.
1: It's interesting. They're about, I mean, when you think about it, 39 laps or whatever is what you can run. So 78 laps is about the max so they're within six seven laps of where they can run obviously this yellow is going to extend that a little bit so it'd be interesting to see i, I think you're right i think he could make the stop and not lose a lap
0: yeah but uh but let's say he's still going to make it an, need another stop uh, yeah, in, in any case on yeah uh, for fuel, so uh, everybody, as is every, the entire field is going to have to make uh, one more pit stop. Uh, the the number six car talked about the fact that came into the pits just before we went yellow. Unfortunately, that's not worked out for them because uh, the uh, the caution was if the caution had been called right away, that might have worked out for them. But in fact, they're now that car is now two laps uh, behind the race leader. Uh, so uh, number six car comes out in the eighth position having made its uh, second stop uh, of the day, uh, but uh, is uh, is now two laps behind the number 64 car, which leads the race. So we've got one car on the lead lap, 64, then one lap down, number 40, number 54, number 11, and number 60. Tristan Veeder st- stays just one lap down despite that incident at turn one. Two laps down are Scott Andrews in car number nine, uh, Stephen Simpson in car number 75, Rasmus Lind. Uh, re- re- rejoins then in the car just made a pit stop car number six teammates to Stephen Simpson and uh, who uh, also made a pit stop uh, a few laps ago as well by the way number 75 car uh, that was in about three or four laps before the full course caution period came out so number 75 and number six then uh, will resume back and restart we'll see you back down as well as the 975 and six
1: Dominant, the 64 has been all weekend long. The pole, Naveen Rao led every lap that he was behind the wheel. Now Matt Bell out in front with a one lap lead over second place. So the 64 are doing exactly what they need to do to try to capture this 2020 IMSA Prototype Challenge Championship.
0: eyes on the battle there for uh, that's Rasmus Lind in uh, car number 6 the uh, kind of teal uh, or blue blue and red uh, Motel 6 entry for Performance Tech Motorsports right behind him on the road I th- think that's Wyatt Schwab in uh, car number 74 uh, let's see, there's a whole bunch of cars now that got very very si- similar colour schemes so it's actually tough to see uh, it's certainly one of the uh, 47 motorsports normas
1: and i believe it is the 47 that's kyle kirkwood and i walked through the paddock yesterday looking at the cars and i'm like all right guys i've got three carbon black cars with orange on on the engine cowl and silver on the on the front of it as well this isn't helping anybody you know Matt Bell needs no help, though, as he leads the field up through turn one, Jeremy. And for these guys, I think it's just about focus forward, put the laps in. Matt Bell experienced enough to know that uh, it's, it's really a lapping day for him. For the next hour and 15 minutes, you don't put a wheel wrong. You don't gamble anything. Just go out there, put your good laps in, be solid, be attentive. And that championship could very well be yours without any Unforeseen circumstances popping up. The 54 was just on pit road.
0: Yeah, so indeed Dakota number Dickerson 54 car, and another 40 as well has also made a pit stop, as has uh, another lap back the number three car, which was running in the tenth position. That's the Palmer uh, father and son. the Dickerson putting his two wheels off the road there at turn seven. That's going to cost him some uh, ground
1: was the 33 with has a very similar paint scheme. One of them. Oh, and a problem there for the 40. Big spin for David Grant.
0: Outlap. He's just made a pit stop that car.
1: And it is, it's chilly still here today. And even though there's good track temperatures, it's one of those deals where as cold as the tires are, you get into turn five, gets a little wiggle and then gets up on the paint. The car comes around yep. and just loses it. So you got to find not only the temperature in those Michelin tires, but you have to find also the pressures because the pressures are a little bit lower and you get the sidewall becomes a little bit more flexible. You don't quite have the compound up to temperature yet. You don't have that grip. And that looks like that's what happened to David Grant.
0: Yeah. And uh, the, the two cars together there, uh, it was Grant and, uh... Right behind him was it was Dakota Dickerson who was able to go through there. Those two had just both come out of the pits. Uh, and it was Grant that spun and uh, was going to lose quite a bit of ground there. But he's going to be able to continue.
1: And just 64 degrees outside right now. So, as we were saying, just still a bit cool. Oh. Now, Grant, in wonder if he's got a problem or did he flat spot tires to the point that he needs to put new ones on? But anyway, you look at it, the season is shown so well for keith and david grant as far as their speed goes they haven't had the finishes that they would like there have been some mistakes from the cockpit along the way i think either one of the brothers would tell you that and we saw the problem there for david in turn five and so the crew going to work now on the left rear i don't know if they're going to change it or if they're looking for a problem piece of bodywork there I don't know if that was hanging out that so they'll remove once again what we call the cheese wedge um, that helps direct airflow out and creates a, a low pressure area and helps pull air out of the back of the car but that's now been removed David back on track
0: yeah so that's another pit stop then for uh, for that car we should going to drop it further back so we now got uh, Matt Bell. By the way, the last two laps, Matt Bell, our race leader in car number 64 for K2R Motorsports, uh, he has reset his personal best laps in this race. 1.17.075 uh, on his latest lap, lap 74. Dakota Dickerson moves way past there uh, on the uh, David Grant, who's going to be a little bit more circumspect to go through turn five uh, after this most recent hit stop. Uh, now there's only two cars, one lap down to the race leader, Thomas Merrill, who is the teammate to, in for K2 Amos. He's taking over the number 11 car from Stephen Thomas, running in the second position. And he's about 10 seconds ahead of Tristan Vidas in the Wolver Racing Ligier Carnival kind of 60 in third place. And then Scott Andrews out up to fourth in Carnival kind of 9 for two laps behind the race leader.
1: No problems at all for Matt Bell and Naveen Rao, though. Thomas Merrill having a good run, putting in good lap time, 17.49 last time by just four tenths of a second slower than Matt Bell. And I think you talked about it earlier, Jeremy. Thomas Merrill didn't have a lap in the car, I don't think, before the race started, maybe just a few laps the other day, as the bodywork continuing to be a problem for Vitas in the number 60 after that spin by the 86 in contact in turn one just a few laps ago.
0: Yeah, so he's kind of hanging on the best he can here. He will hand over that car to Tony's It's for the final stint of the race, but still with uh, 70 minutes remaining, he's going to have to stay out probably another 15 minutes uh, uh, with this car in this damaged state before uh, he will be able to to reach the end of the race without needing another splash and go for fuel in the late, late stages. But that uh, loose bodywork on the back is going to be costing him uh, a lot of straight line speed. It's like a big parachute out the back of that car. And it's going to be handling very, very strangely through the corners as well. So a real handful now for the, the young Estonian here, 24 years of age, from uh, Tallinn in Estonia. Uh, and uh, Tristan Bidas here. This is going to be a, a battle for him to uh, to maintain that third position.
1: Well, you wondering much here. Drought, surprisingly. Yeah, well, you wonder too what the officials are looking at. You know, they're going, okay, looks like it's attached pretty well right now, but you don't want another full course caution because that piece of bodywork breaks off. You said, 24 years old, he doesn't care what the car gets <laughs> like. He's just out there pushing right now. I can remember watching Claude Bourbonnais, the Quebecois driver, years ago, many years ago. I won't say how many years ago. An Atlantic race at Road America that I happened to be in and. Claude was behind me in the rear wing. He had had contact with somebody in the rear wing was falling off. And I kept looking in the mirror and he kept getting closer and closer and closer. And I was on the radio saying they really need to black flag him. I think that's unsafe. Claude didn't care, but made him go faster down the straightaway and he was catching me, so I was complaining that perhaps they needed to bring him in. I don't think anybody else is close enough right now to Vitas to complain about that body work. But you don't you certainly don't want it out in the middle of the racetrack. Um, If it were to come off, it looks like it's pretty solidly attached. It's just kind of lifting up in the airstream. Now the 64, the leader's in.
0: Yeah, and 68 minutes to go in this race. So uh, this is uh, certainly too early uh, unless something very strange happens in order to be able to get to the end of the race from here. We talked about that uh, during that previous caution period. Uh, Yeah, there wasn't a lot of point perhaps in coming in then, although perhaps there was because only... What, uh, six laps after the restart, he's going to come in now. He is, because of this uh, uh, 105-second minimum pit stop time, he's going to lose uh, the lap advantage that he had over the rest of the field. So uh, I think the number 64 car uh, might have been better, better positioned to make that stop during the caution period. But still, they're way out in front, and it will remain so, I believe, even after this pit stop is being completed, I think, over the number 11 of Stephen Thomas, who is now 13 seconds ahead of uh, Tristan Vides. So Vides is losing maybe a second or a little bit over a second a lap in that third position car to the car number 11 that is currently running in second position but even when Merrill comes past the line this time with number 64 car still stationary on the pit lane this is only now here comes the number 11 car Thomas Merrill across the line so he's now on the same lap as the car that is still on pit lane stationary right there at pit exit.
1: So this will be interesting. This was right on cue, Jeremy. 39 laps on the first run for Naveen Rao. And you add the lap that we're on right now, you add 39 laps to that, you get 78. And basically, that's pretty much what Matt Bell had completed. So it's one of those deals where you look at it and go, okay, that was right on cue. The yellows may not have worked out the way that they wanted him to. He's going to have to make another stop later. And it's going to be that same 105 seconds that you were talking about because they're going to have to put a fuel probe in and as soon as that probe goes in you've committed yourself to that minimum time pit stop but you know the yellows either work for you or against you and I don't know that they've been really beneficial to anybody today what you really need if you're in second or third or fourth is you need some help from the yellows now to try to get back on the lead lap and try to play your pit stop strategy to get you back there the problem is I think for everybody, they only have one more stop to go, so I don't know how you could ever think that that's going to work for you. Merrill now is being shown in the lead as he comes across the line, but it's one of those deals where it's just 57 seconds over Matt Bell, and you know that Merrill's going to need to make another stop too, and once again, when the fuel probe goes in, you're committed to that, that minimum time stop.
0: Yeah, and uh, Tristan Vidal, uh, I think, in the third position, he is also uh, going to be on the on the lead lap uh, as well uh, as, as well he, he was until now, making that uh, that pit stop. Now with 65 minutes remaining for uh, Volvo Racing in in that Lisia. he will hand over the car to his countryman uh, uh, Tony's Casamance.
1: So, reason this with me, Jeremy. You got the 11 car in front. They need one more stop. Matt Bell needs one more stop. They're both committed to that minimum time pit stop when the fuel probe goes in. Right now, I'm looking at it, and for the 11, I would expect to see that car around lap 96 or so. So in about 18 laps, that car should be in. A little over an hour to go. That car can make it, can run to the end, and one more one more pit stop, he's got a 25 second lead right now. If they both stopped right now and both did their one more pit stop, the 11 in theory should be in front. The question is, can Matt Bell close down on Tom Merrill? I know who's had the faster lap times so far today.
0: Yeah, I think there's no doubt that the the number 64 car kind of missed a trick there by not making a pit stop under yellow. I think he would have been able to do that and still be a whole lap ahead of everybody else. Um, we talked about it a little while ago. They elected not to do so, and uh, you know, it's, I think it's, you're right. I think this is going to make a race of it, particularly with the two K2R Motorsports teammates, and uh, and we'll, we'll see where the number 60 car comes into the mix as well, having made its uh, not final stop, but two will require one more pit stop at the end of, the, of uh, to get to the end from here.
1: The other one that seems a little far outside, though, would be the nine, who once again made the last stop on 53, add 38, minute, or 38 laps or so to that, and what you've got is lap 91. So he's got another few minutes, several more laps, and then he should be into the window where that last stop could be made. And even though he's being shown in third right now, he's about 50 seconds behind Matt Bell. If he were to make his stop first, I don't know. No, and, and remember, the nine has played fuel. They've played the fuel game very, very close all season long. So it's one of those things that they took the victory at Road America with that. They, they played the fuel game at VIR as well and kind of lost out a little bit in the 86 now with a problem. Romer again. That's – is that coming out of seven, I believe, where yeah. he has had the issue – just over an hour to go from road Atlanta. We know that our championship leader has another stop to make. So do several other teams that could factor into the win here. And that looked like it just snapped at the exit when we got a chance to look at that. The 86 almost out to the track out curbing. And then the car just kind of a, a really quick, violent snap.
0: Yeah, that didn't look like a whole heck of a lot of fun there for Chip Roma. Um, he's used to, to, yeah, no, that was a uh, big, big spin there. And he hasn't been able to get there going. Again. Meanwhile, by the way, Carl Kirkwood uh, is looking to maintain his record. He might not win the race. He's uh, three laps behind. He kind of a 47 now, but he's just set a new lap record. Uh, 116.564 for Carl Kirkwood. in kind of a 47. And he kind of needs a, a full course course. He's not going to get he's not going to make three laps back, but he's certainly charging as hard as he could, trying to uh, maintain his record of 100 percent, 100 percent record of fastest laps in each of these races that he has completed. It.
1: And it's interesting if you're not an open wheel fan, it's easy to look past a Kyle Kirkwood or a Dakota Dickerson or or one of these young guys who really kind of plied their trade in the ladder systems of the open wheel series. And then they come here and you kind of scratch your head and you go, I wonder who that is. And we had a call the other day for the Ipsum WeatherTech broadcast and Kyle Kirkwood's name was mentioned with the investor Sullivan Group driving the Lexus this weekend. And some and it, someone made the comment "I didn't know much about him. And it was like, well, you're about to learn about him because I guarantee yeah. you whatever car he gets in, he's gonna be pretty spectacular. And, we, you know, we were talking about personalities and everything, and they said someone else had said, yeah, I met him, and he is a very, very serious young man, and he is. I mean, he's one of these guys that it's all about racing. That's all he focuses on. It's all he thinks about. Pretty stoic, you know. I mean, you can get him to smile from time to time. But very, very, very serious young man, and I'll go along with very, very, very quick, too. Now, see, I got my three <laughs> verys from you there,
0: yeah. Jeremy. Yeah, no, he, he really is a, a extra, extraordinary talent. Yeah, he and uh, and his close buddy, both from Jupiter, Florida, Oliver Askew, two tremendous talents. Uh, yeah, they both uh, had a lot of success in the junior open-wheel ranks. And uh, Oliver Askew, he's actually here this weekend uh, looking around, meeting some people in the sports car ranks. He's lost his ride with the Arrow uh, SP uh, IndyCar team for next year. But uh, I think you know, everybody knows how talented Oliver Askew is. Uh, And he's uh, talking to various people uh, about opportunities, both in in IndyCar and in sports cars for next season. But Carl Kirkwood is very much of the same milk. He's just a couple of years behind Oliver Askew in age. Uh, He's a year or two behind him on the racing ladder as well. But no doubt about it, Carl Kirkwood has a big future ahead of him.
1: One hour to go in the 2020 IMSA Prototype Challenge Championship Series. And the championship still open when we came in to Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. Still open now as we close in on less than an hour to go. But Matt Bell, Naveen Rao, really in the driver's seat, pardon the pun. They've been so strong all weekend long. Naveen Rao doing exactly what he needed to do, qualifying on the pole at every lap of his stint. And now has handed it over to his teammate, Matt Bell, putting in some pretty spectacular laps. and. We were just talking about the young talent in this series, in Prototype Challenge, in the IMSA WeatherTech sports car paddock, and it's great to see those guys here. Al Kirkwood in the seat of one of the LMP3 cars, the number 47 from 47 Motorsports with Joel Janko and Jonathan George. Good to see him here. Dakota Dickerson, that kind of driver, and it's one of those deals that to see other drivers like Oliver Askew in the WeatherTech paddock, you know what, we'll take him over here any day, guys, because the talent is incredibly deep there, so it's it's really what sports car racing is about, and I think this series in particular offers some of these young drivers that are just coming out of the ladder systems and open wheel racing the opportunity to show their wares, and that's exactly what we're seeing as Kyle Kirkwood now impressive lap time is behind the wheel of the 47 out in front it's the 11 Thomas Merrill leading and I think the format of this Jeremy you and I've talked about this a lot the format of the bronze driver and the silver drivers is so interesting and breeds such good racing even though Merrill listed as a bronze driver, I would probably put him there on the silver category, but his teammate, Steven Thomas, as a bronze has been spectacular throughout the season. We've watched his progression and that's really what 2020 has been about for these teams and drivers. They've overcome a lot of adversity, both on the racetrack and certainly with the pandemic that we've had to deal with all season long. And it's led to great racing and great racing happening again on the racetrack as Steven Simpson trying to stay in front of Rasmus Lynn
0: Super battle, isn't it, uh, between uh, these two? And number 74 car's not behind, not far behind either. That's Wyatt Schwab, who's taking over from uh, the the most experienced driver uh, in this race. That's John Brownson in car number 74. John Brownson, this is a 134th start in this championship. That includes the old uh, Inter Prototype lights that this that the the uh, LMP3 series has kind of morphed from. Uh, but uh, yeah he's, he's a, a great character as John Brownson and, and he's handed over to uh, no, another youngster just 19 years of age is white Schwab from Mill- Millsville, Pennsylvania in number 75 car who's chasing after this pair, this performance tech pair of Steven Simpson and Rasmus Lind
1: and for Andrews in the nine wondering about the pit stops for him I would think about lap 91 so five or six laps to go and we should be Seeing that last stop for Andrews in the nine, and Merrill's going to need to stop too. A few laps after that, another four or five, six laps after that, I would think that should move Bell back up to the point. But he too is going to need a sp- uh, a splash. But there is no such thing as a splash in this series.
0: That's right. That's right. There is no such thing as a splash. Here. You know, you, if if you if you're in the pits, up and taking off through, if you just in the pits to change drivers, change a wheel, whatever it might be, then there's no minimum pit stop time. As soon as you put a drop of fuel into the car, that's when that 105 second minimum comes into play. And you're absolutely right, Brian. You know, they, both of these cars are going to have to make one more pit stop. And even though the number 64 car is going to need a lot, a fair bit less fuel, a lot less fuel than the number 11 car, it's still going to serve that minimum time. Uh, and the advantage, therefore, is still in the favour of number 11 car having said that uh Matt Bell the second place car number 64 he's consistently six or seven tenths of a second quicker than Thomas Merrill Thomas Merrill's last lap was a 117.8 which is about uh, three tenths away from his fastest time Matt Bell has just gone across the line now to complete lap of 16, uh, 86 his lap time a 117.3 so another a half a second closer for uh, Matt Bell. This is going to be an intriguing battle with still 55 minutes remaining in this race. And pretty much any time after now, I think, uh, another lap or two, I think everybody, anybody can make what will be their final pit stop of the day uh, to be able to get to the finish line.
1: You have to think, Jeremy, with the faster driver in the car, they're going to burn more fuel. And what I was told was that if you run flat out and the best laps that you can turn You can run about 49 and a half minutes, 50 minutes at the most. So you're right here in another three laps. We should be inside that 50 minute mark and you should be good to go to make your stop. So um, it's one of those deals that unlike WeatherTech, unlike Michelin Pilot with this time stop, it really kind of changes the complexion because there's no real advantage of coming in with more fuel in the car and a shorter pit stop as far as taking fuel goes because as you said that minimum pit stop time really negates any of that strategic advantage
0: fascinating isn't it the last tap uh, thomas merrill's just completed his 87th lap, 117.562 for thomas merrill that's within a tenth of a second of his fastest lap of the race Uh, Matt Bell was still waiting for, he's just crossed the line too, he's 22 seconds then, 22.1 seconds between first and second, the two team uh, K2R motorsports teammates, and then we're watching on screen the battle for uh, fourth, fifth and sixth, number nine car is in third position, he's about 15 seconds ahead of of this battle, that is, he comes in number 75, number six and the number 74, three car battle for fourth position. That's a late lunge to the inside there by uh, car number six, Rasmus Lind Not quite close. enough. He he kind of he had to jam on the brakes there to make sure he didn't hit the number 75. A good form to take out your teammate. Did that cost the position to Wyatt Schwab? I think it did, didn't it? So uh, Rasmus Lind there now back into sixth position. He thought about making a move under braking at turn 10. Wasn't quite close enough. Had to lock up the brakes, ran wide. And now Wyatt Schwab is up into fifth position in number 75 ahead. Seventy-four, excuse me, ahead of the number six. So this battle is uh, is the one to watch. Right ahead of them on the racetrack is number uh, fifty-four. Now that's Dakota Dickerson. He's way down in seventh position, another lap behind uh, this trio of cars behind him. But that's a good move. By Rasmus Lind at turn seven to get back past Wyatt Schwab. So that's number six car ahead again. Here's a pit stop for our third place car. 52 minutes remaining, no doubt about it. Uh, Scott Andrews can get to the end from here. This is a super battle. Now it w- will be for third position once they come across the line free car of Lance Wilsey, who's uh, back behind the wheel at number of short British entry, uh, five or six laps down now. Uh, Bud Gross back the middle stitch. Lance Wilsey is back at the wheel now, uh, and he's uh, wisely given way. Back
1: at six
0: and back Rasmus Lind and Schwab.
1: So Tom Merrill still out in front, Matt Bell, Steven Simpson, and we know that we're expecting pit stops by all of the top five cars. And Jeremy, you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. When you look to LMP3 running in WeatherTech next year, that's going to be exciting. They're going to have their own championship. The nine car does their stop. Andrews will be back out. He's good to go to the end, and I would expect to see the other dominoes begin to fall.
0: I yeah, agreed uh, I think we'll see uh, a rash of pit stops uh, very shortly now uh, it's, you know, for, for the for the uh, for the leaders however um, you're probably better off uh, staying out as long as long as you can because uh, if there is a full course course and they can make their stop under yellow that would be that would be a strategic a big strategic advantage for 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 uh, Anybody would
1: so, Lind trying to hold off the 74. White Schwab really putting the pressure on, and that's uh, we've seen why. Oh, and a wiggle there up the hill into turn one.
0: Yeah, these two are on the limit, aren't they? They really are. This is a super battle that's going on, and Stephen Simpson, because of this battle, uh, has managed to pull, a, pull a, a couple of seconds between himself. He's, he's in the uh, the blue and yellow car with the blue and red car, the Motel 6 entry of Rasmus Lind. Desperately trying to hold off that Norma chassis of white Schwab 47 Motorsports, the car number 74. Yeah, Schwab
1: really, really putting the pressure on. So you've got two young guns there doing battle as we close in on the 2020 championship. Now inside 50 minutes to go.
0: Oops, there's Lance Wilsey backwards again.
1: And every time somebody loops it there, and it's hard to describe if you've not been on the racetrack as the 11, Tom Merrill, your leader, comes to pit road. It's hard to describe how difficult it is to see around turn seven, the exit of that corner, and when you're sitting there backwards. It is not where you want to be by any stretch of the imagination. Wilson gets the car to the inside and will get it back underway. But every time someone goes around backwards there, we saw Joel Janko off there a little bit earlier. We saw the 86 off as well. It's just a precarious place to be. And now the final pit stop of 2020 for the 11, 74 in as well. And the 77th lap was the last time that we saw Matt Bell in in the 64, the championship tour. So you do the math there and you come up with, what, lap 115 before we would expect to see him. So another 15, 16 laps at least before I expect to see him. And there's that near miss. You can't – that was like a piece of paper between – those cars coming around the corner, and Lance Wilsey. How do you think that looked from Lance Wilsey's seat?
0: Yeah, not terribly good. Uh, I don't think he'll be he'll be happy to get that car out of the way. Uh, he, it looks like he's going to have to do a three-point turn to get back facing the right direction again. But he'll be happy not to be in the firing line at the exit of turn seven. We've already seen several really close calls at that corner earlier in this uh, three-hour race, and uh, that, was a, that was that was that was really really tight but uh, no harm no foul he's got away with it number 64 car uh, uh, continues out in front and the number 11 car is going to rejoin after his pit stop okay
1: so that's key so the 64 just came by as the leader and Merrill out of the pits right behind him so we know that it's gonna have to be that minimum or that uh, that time to pit stop for the 64. When they pit, so you would think that they might leave Bell out for the entire fuel load. He's running good laps. Let him put in faster and faster laps. Build that gap between he and Merrill as much as they possibly can before they make that stop at the end.
0: Yeah, uh, I think, you know, right now there's another spin for number 86 car as well, that's uh, Chip Romer, he's having a, an interesting time out there, isn't he? Uh, number 64, and I've lost count of, of, number of spins. number of spins between numbers 86, excuse me, not 64 86 and 33, but it's going to be getting up to a double figure, I think between the pair of them, but, uh, you yeah, know, there, there doesn't seem to be any damage on either car they're able to carry on and continue to have some fun there may be something just trailing a little bit off the uh, the back end and choose which Maybe that that... Uh, left rear bodywork on a 86 car might be a little bit deranged finally for him as uh, Matt Bell continues to run uh, very quick laps out in front. His last lap, this lap was a 117.0 his previous lap was a 116.9 that's within a tenth of a second of his fastest lap of the race so Matt Bell pushing hard in that car number 64, number 11 car rejoins behind him down to the number 64 car. But uh, one lap down, that's no problem because uh, when 64 car makes his own pit stop, uh, he's going to lose more than that lap.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so that's where Tom Merrill needs to really be digging. But for Matt Bell, he needs to think about this. Okay, Dakota Dickerson is being shown there in fifth for the 54 to win this championship. They need to win. And Matt Bell, Naveen Rao need to finish fourth or worse so even if Dakota Dickerson finishes second I believe it's one of those things where Naveen Rao and Matt Bell must finish sixth or worse. so right now they're in the catbird seat and while you would love to put a period on your championship by winning the final race of the season I think it's one of those things that really the championship is more important than this race win right now. So, yeah, for Matt Bell, go put the laps in. And he's right down in the low 17s as he heads back out after the – as he's out on the racetrack, I should say. And Tom Merrill's out there. But that's the key. He's turning in good lap times, solid lap times. And you're just going to have to see where the cards fall when Merrill gets back up to speed. But Merrill now on pit road again, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: is uh, that pit, a penalty? Pit, pit speed violation. Oh. Uh, eight, eight. Uh, is, is it miles or kilometres? I can't remember. What's the pit lane speed? It's miles, isn't it? Miles an hour. Uh, plus eight. So drive through penalty for car number 11. That is, that is, well, I think definitely going to cost them the potential win here. Uh, that is a uh, really surprising error for wow. car number 11. If it was just one or two miles an hour, then uh, yeah, maybe. It'd be unfortunate, but uh, eight miles now. No, clearly he forgot to uh, to use there. I think the pit-laid speed limiter, and it's going to be a very, very costly error for car number eleven.
1: Yeah, that. I mean, that's just you. You can't make those mistakes. And I don't know where it was. I don't know if it was in or out. In, I think for these guys. They can carry speed all the way down the hill from up at the bridge because they're using the pit lane on the outside of the front straightaway. So you can come out from underneath the bridge and carry big speed all the way down the hill, get into the brakes really hard, and then into the pit lane speed limiter. So I don't know if he made the error on the way in or on the way out. It doesn't matter because the penalty is the same. And that is one of those things that you just, you can't make, those mental errors i know that they were thinking that they might have this race one and they wanted to be in and out as quickly as they could but you just can't make mistakes like that no mistakes made today at all for the 64 though matt bell now behind the wheel closing in on the number six just in front that's rasmus Lind in the number six performance tech entry and lind has had a great run but not nearly as good as bell and rao and matt bell looking to put the third place runner a lap down it's just how dominant they've been all weekend long jeremy
0: yeah they have uh you know to put the car uh, on pole position didn't have been rao really good uh, effort i mean it's been a fabulous weekend for that whole k2r motorsport c bobby Golazinski who's a former crew chief in the uh, IndyCar paddock, been around this sport a long, long time, and he's put together two really, really good cars. They qualified uh, on the front row of the grid within a tenth of a second of each other, and they have thoroughly dominated this three-hour race. Uh, they're, at the moment, running in the uh, first and fourth positions, but number 11 car, uh, at least, it Hopes has now made its final pit stopper of the, of the day, uh, whereas the two cars ahead of him, uh, the number 75 and number 6, are uh, still owe us, I believe, one more pit stop before the conclusion.
1: Yeah, they're definitely going to owe us one more pit stop. The 75, Steven Simpson, 62. I'd expect to see him right around lap 100. So maybe three or four more laps for the 75. Rasmus Lind in the six. He can stay out a little bit longer than that. Merrill should be good to go to the end. And Matt Bell should be in the pit lane one
0: more time. This is a battle of, on, on track here between. This is a battle for position with uh, with um, Thomas. Excuse me, with Dakota Dickerson and Tony's Kasem just trying to make the pass. It's, uh, Dakota Dickerson still holds on to the uh, fifth position ahead of number 60 of Tony's Kasem. And uh, look at the colour scheme on that number 54 card, Dakota Dickerson. There's some sort of sort, of, sort of marks all over it. In fact, they're paw prints, uh, as in dog paw prints, because Dakota Dickerson is a, an ambassador for the Nowzad charity, which is a charity that reunites servicemen and women with the animals, who befriended them, excuse me, and created uh, incredibly close bonds. Uh, Close bonds while on deployment in Afghanistan. It's a great. charity. Uh, 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 to uh, to to that charity. That is, that is the poor prince on the number on the number. If-
1: and certainly, a good cause there. As Dickerson holding off Kazmets. And Tony's Kasmitz, one of the hardest chargers in the field. And even with the damage that's on that 60, it looks like they were able to get it somewhat sorted out, at least a little bit after Tristan Vitas had his near miss with the 86 that had spun in turn one a little bit earlier. Obviously, Kasmitz has a pretty good car underneath him because he's able to put that pressure on Dakota Dickerson as Steven Simpson heads to pit road. Lap 98, pretty much what we thought. Right around that 98, 99, 100 lap, we expected to see him. And he is now in with just under 40 minutes to go. And with under 40 minutes to go, Kasmitz not relenting at all (laughs) to
0: Dickerson. He is not, is he? This is a a super battle here uh, between uh, the youngster, uh, Dakota Dickerson, but I think Tony's Kasemitz got the preferred line here. He's going to be the inside line when they get to the end of the straight here and the braking for turn 10 and uh, I think uh, that pass has now been made by Tony's Kasemitz. and he, Indeed it has. He turns into the corner uh, with the... Uh, there's no way that Dakota Dickerson could turn in because Kasemitz's car is already there. So per- perfect textbook pass by Tony's Kasemitz. The car number 60 for Volvo Racing. Move that car up now into the uh, fifth position. And it will be, I think, fourth next time around with number six car on still on pit lane uh, for its final stop of the day.
1: So the pit stops taking place now, those final ones of the 2020 season. This is it. This is the last stop for these crews and these drivers. Junior three crew going to work there as I believe the driver change was also happening. So. They're gonna make that driver change. And I think if you're Eric Palmer, you, you're, you're thinking, yeah, I'll, I'll let my sponsor, i.e. my dad back in the car to see the checkered flag on the championship season. If we wanna do this again next year, they're waiting for the checkered flag is Matt Bell. Naveen Rao, I'm sure is nervous sitting on the pit box with inside 38 minutes to go from Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta and the IMSA prototype challenge championship. Out in front, Bell has put on just a clinic. He's been measured. He's been fast when he needed to be. He's been measured when he needed to be. He's been careful, but he's been forceful at other times. And that's what championships are made of. You've got to find that right mix of drivers sharing a car together and that right mix of aggression and concentration and a little bit of patience at times, Jeremy, in order to get through these classes especially with this three-hour race when you've had bronze drivers out with silver drivers silver drivers out with bronze drivers and that mix has been precarious at times but so far so good
0: yeah indeed it's you know it's going to be a a normal almost certainly that wins this race and probably a a one-two finish as well uh, you look at their fastest laps of the race. It's all been enormous. The fastest lap of the race, a new lap record, was set by Carl Kirk, Kirkwood in calendar kind of 47. He's in the 16s. The only guys in the 17s. Uh, actually, the two two of the lugees are in the 17s, but high 17s. 179 for both Tony's Skazimets and Rasmus Lind, number 60 and six cars respectively. Uh, quicker than that, also in the 16s was our race leader Matt Bell, He's turned the 168. Uh, and uh, a yeah, 16.6 for Scott Andrews in Calibre 9, another of the Norma chassis. 100 laps completed then by Matt Bell with uh, 36 minutes remaining.
1: And it's not time yet to start hearing all the noises in the car. That ca- happens with like two laps to go, certainly after the white flag. and Drivers always talk about that, but Matt Bell still has a long way to go. 36 minutes around michelin raceway road atlanta with another 14 cars circulating out there another 13 cars circulating out there brings challenges every single time we know that as you approach other cars and and you know that cars like the 86 have had challenges throughout the day and a great move there by paul LaHaye, who has many miles under his belt rasmus lynn now comes to pit road for his final stop you know for matt bell this is where that patience come in we we said you know aggressive at times when you need to be patient at other times and this is where you need to be patient you've got that one lap lead because of the problems that Merrill had with the speeding penalty on that last pit stop so you're in the catbirds you can't lose concentration but you can't throw it away either with a silly mistake
0: yeah as we saw number 11 car do with the spin <laughs> there's a surprise this time it's uh, it's it's Paul Lehe who's back at the wheel number 86 car so he and Chip Roma are kind of splitting the duties there, and I'd like to know how many spins each of them has at this stage. But uh, <gasps> golly, that was awfully close. As he rejoins the racetrack, has to drive. You know, they don't have a great steering lock on these uh, on these LMP3 cars, so it's it's not easy to turn these cars around. They're kind of like like uh, like oil tankers out on the ocean. But uh, <laughs> that was a big spin for uh, for uh, Paul Le Hayes running and in the twelfth position. So once again, though, no contact. Hats off to you, Paul. Oh, but the, the near miss was,
1: I don't know. I mean, we had a close one a few laps ago, but that one was insanely close. I, it took my breath away. The 54 yeah. now and you can see the Paul Prince on the Ligier as Dakota Dickerson sits there, knowing it's his final pit stop of the season. Here's Here it is. It's the nine car. Oh. Good move by Andrews to miss the 86s. He's trying to get turned around, as you were just saying, Jeremy. And I, I'll give credit to Paula. Hey, if you look up and see that car coming, you can't stop at that point in time because that car is seeing you move, and he's 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 made his decision based upon your movement. You need to keep the car going so you can get by. For Dakota Dickerson, what do you think going through his mind right now, Jeremy? I mean, fought so hard in this championship, this whole ML team has all season long. They've used good strategy. They've used good speed. Dominic Cicero has certainly been a big part of this championship run. But you know as you're sitting there that it's slipping away.
0: It is, but you, you know you've, you've you've done the best you can. I mean, you know, over the last couple of years, the Ligier just hasn't been as quick as a Norma, bottom line. So, you know, if they can finish second in the championship and beat everybody else, including all the other Normas, that's a, a job well done on the season. There's, again, a good clo- close look at those paw prints. And by the way, each of those paw prints has the name of a, of a, of a dog on them uh, for people who have contributed to that charity. In fact, Riley's name is on there somewhere, which is kind of cool. Uh, and... Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, but for, for Dakota Dicker, Dicker Dickerson right now, you know, he's just going to, to, to carry on do the best he can. He knows there's a new uh, Ligier chassis coming for next season. The MLT team will have that, and he will have a much sharper tool with which to challenge these leaders in the 21 season.
1: Well, selfishly, I'll say I hope that he's a part of it for sure. There is absolutely no shame in anything that this MLT team, Dakota Dickerson, Dominic Cicero have done all year long. They've done what they needed to do. Podium finishes a race victory last time out at Mid-Ohio when they needed that victory to close down in the championship. They needed it. They got it. But like you said, they, the, that Ligier just seems to be a little bit on the back foot in this 2020 season. And so finishing second is nothing to be ashamed about by any stretch of the imagination if they can hold on and get that done at the end of this race. There is your championship leader and the overall leader of this race as Matt Bell heads through turns three and four, down through the S's, and then into turn five, the 33. Lance Wilsey just in front of him. And closing down on half an hour to go. You think about nine and a half months it's been since... We did the race at the Roar, Jeremy. We, we stood there, a, a great race, a great call, and Daytona is always an awesome place to start the season. We never expected to see the season that we saw. We expected to see the racing that we've seen, but the challenges that have come with it as far as the pandemic and COVID-19 has gone, I think everybody within the IMSA organization to get the races literally back on track, all the teams, all the sponsors all the drivers everybody who complied with the strict rules that were in place without that adherence to the rules we wouldn't be here right now and so everybody in this paddock today is a reason why we're in this paddock today because everybody followed the protocols and it's why we're able to crown a champion at the end of today's race in just over 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, well said. I mean, yeah, with all the challenges, it certainly cost uh, several entries. I think uh, no question about it, it. Cost several entries for the uh, season-long championship, but it's still been a great series of racing. There's been some really, really good, really good competition. There's been some great driving. We've got some really fast drivers in this championship. So, yeah, I think it's it's opened some people's eyes, and I think the, the future for the series looks looks really strong. These cars are are a, a hoop to drive. Everybody who drives them absolutely loves them. They're uh, they're, they're strong. They're fast they have plenty of downforce, you know, and they're, they're a challenge to drive.
1: Well, and everybody says, you know, you, you should, you should drive one. I've had a couple of people say, you know, if, if we're around so on and so forth, come and drive one, come, come do a few laps, you know, do half an hour or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, there's no way I would last half an hour. And B the last thing I need to do is drive one of these cars because I would realize just how much fun they are. And that would make me want to do stupid things. So, I'm gonna make sure that I don't do that but I enjoy doing what you and I are doing and that's talking about the great racing that this series has provided us all throughout the season. Merrill now up to second place his final stop is done we know that uh, Bell we're expecting we're gonna to have to see him before long I believe or has he made his la- no he's made his last stop the
0: 64 car. No, has has no, he, uh, he, he? needs has, one. Has more. Not, he, he he does need one more stop. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so the question is, you know, how how close can, can t- uh, Thomas Merrill get to him? Is more than a lap down? And unfortunately, uh, with the scoring system we have, it's, it's difficult to say exactly how far down he yeah, I was gonna
1: is. I'm going to say, uh, I know he's a lap down, but I didn't know how far. So let me ask you this: You're in charge of the final pit stop for the 64 car. Are you going
0: to change tires? Uh, yes, if I have them. If I've, if I've got a fresh set of tyres, absolutely. Yeah, it depends. I don't know how many how many uh, sets of tyres they've used uh, during this weekend. They had uh, uh, an allocation of five sets they could use during the weekend. We talked earlier on, uh, documented earlier on, how number 54 car uh, saved the set of tyres, rather than using them in practice and or qualifying, saved the set of tyres for this final stint to the race. Uh, unfortunately, with the other problems number 54 car has had with... Uh, out on the racetrack it's not it's not put him into contention but uh, i honestly don't know with the number 64 but but certainly what i do know is that matt bell continues to run really fast laps out the front of the field here 117.3 last time around the only guy that's close to that uh actually a, a fraction quicker was scott andrews who's running in the fourth position two laps behind matt bell in kind of a nine. Less than 28
1: minutes to go in the 2020 championship season for Emsa Prototype Challenge. Jeremy Shaw, Brian Till with you. And I ask about, do you change tires on the final stop for the 64 car, Jeremy? Not because he needs the tires. There's not going to be a lot of time left in this race. Do you risk taking off four-wheel nuts and putting four-wheel nuts back on? Yeah, well... (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, Do you eliminate... Every chance for an error.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah, the teams have got enough confidence. Yeah, yeah. They, these are not uh, uh, teams over the wall guys that that, that you know, do this for a living, as in some other series. You know, right. in right. NASCAR, the the over the, uh, the wall team is completely they they most of them don't even work on the race cars, which is certainly what what not what it used to be at this level of racing. You know, the, all the the over the wall guys would have a, a very Very serious job uh, on the look in terms of preparation of the car, the mechanics of the car. These days in NASCAR, they're just 100% focused on uh, changing the wheels and tires and/or putting in the fuel. That's not the case here in the IMS Prototype Challenge Series. But most of the guys that are doing those jobs have been doing it for quite a long time, so they have plenty of experience and therefore confidence in themselves.
1: Well, White Schwab now gets past the six. But I'm not even talking about the guys. Jeremy, changing, actually doing the stop, think back to the 10 car, the problem that they had somehow, some way with the wheel nut on the right rear. They put it on. They put it on properly. They put it on with the pressure. They put it on with the same gun that they used on the left rear. But when they did it on the right rear, it didn't work for some reason. And I just sit there going, do I want to change anything? other than put fuel in the car and send it back out. Of course, the argument to that is you've got tires that have been on for a while. They could be worn. They could have picked up debris, give you a fresh set to make sure you, you're good to the end and you don't have any problem with perhaps a tire that may have an issue.
0: So I don't know. I mean,
1: I, I'm, I'm not sure which one's right or which one's wrong.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure there is a right or wrong answer at this I stage. Don't think it's there just is about how comfortable they feel and how, I mean, certainly yeah. this tyre has been working very, very well for uh, Matt Bell. He's able to uh, consistent lap times. He's, uh, last time around, he and his teammate Thomas Merrill uh, turned almost identical lap times uh, 1 minute uh, 17.7. Uh, so, yeah, there's nothing to choose between these, these two teammates in terms of lap time.
1: Well, and, and you wonder too how much information gets shared between team cars. We certainly saw Steven Simpson and the number six of Rasmus Lynn running almost identical left times. Look at that down the hill. Lynn thinks about looking to the inside of the 40, and he thinks better of it. But that's going to bring pressure from behind, and that is the 11. Thomas Merrill wants to get through this gaggle of cars, and it is close going up the hill. The 33 is slow to the outside. Wow. another take another one of those take your breath away moments as they head up the hill and and for Merrill he he doesn't want to lose any time at all because he knows that Matt Bell has that one stop left to make and this is their one shot
0: that's right Uh, Matt Bell just uh, goes across the line now to complete uh, lap uh, 110 Uh, there's the number 11 car so it's kind of a lap and a half back I think that's that should be okay for Matt Bell to make that pit stop and come out still yeah. ahead of Thomas Merrill. But uh, the, the without the, the extra pit stop, the drive-through penalty for gun number 11, I think that might have been a different story.
1: The woulda, shoulda, couldas of racing. And for Matt Bell, he knows he's got that one more stop. Merrill trying to make up for that sin on pit road, wherever it happened, in or out, we don't know. But traffic is not what he wants to see. That holds him up. And for Matt Bell, he's got clear sailing. So Merrill trying to work his way through and get some good, fast lap times in because he knows the 64 has to stop. And what I was saying, Jeremy, about Steven Simpson and Rasmus Lind on the same team turning the same kind of lap times, and then we see the K2R Motorsports entries, the 64, the 11. You wonder how much chassis sharing or information sharing goes on back and forth and how similar the setups are on those two cars because we're seeing great performances by both of them and you talk about traffic I just looked up at the timing screen and Merrill had been down in the 17s he's now at a 19.5 on that last lap where he had to deal with the traffic up through one and all the way down to five
0: yeah there's been uh, you know there's been there's only 14 cars out on the racetrack. track actually only 12 now with the uh uh, number 40 car has, uh, I think, uh, joined the number 10 on the retirement list. That's a shame. We didn't see uh, Parker Thompson, the young Canadian driver, have an opportunity to show his skills at the, at the wheel of number 40 car, sharing with the Grant brothers. Uh, but uh, even though there's only 12 cars on this two and a half hour racetrack, there's always, it seems, at least two cars running together. So it's certainly been an exciting race. And pit uh, stop to come for the race leader, Carnival.
1: Well, and I would think if, if you work off of that 38-lap number, which seems to be, give or take, kind of the number that we should see the 64 here in the next three or four laps to get that stop, that should take him just about to the end of a fuel stint um, and then certainly get him to the checkered flag. But, you know, as we keep saying, it is a minimum pit stop time. Once that car comes to pit road and the fuel probe goes in, It's a commitment of 105 seconds on pit road. And there is the 64 with just over 21 minutes to go in the race and in the 2020 season.
0: That's right. So 112 laps for uh, our race leader, as you were saying, Brian, his last pit stop was on lap 77. So uh, 26, 38 laps. And uh, fuel going into that car, they uh, are changing at least one uh, two tires uh, on the right-hand side of the car. I would imagine they would probably... Yeah, they're going to change all yeah. four on that uh, K2R motorsports team.
1: Yeah, Again, I, it would have lot been of the A uh,
0: lot of experience there on, on that team. And uh, John Dick, uh, who's been around the sport a, a long, long time, uh, a, a very accomplished IndyCar engineer, he calls the, the shots there for this K2R team.
1: Well, I... I I think it's interesting that you mentioned, John, because that just shows once again, we talked about the level of young drivers here and how good they are. But when you look behind the pit wall, you've talked about IndyCar mechanics and IndyCar crew chiefs and IndyCar engineers. That's the level of talent that exists behind the wall. And it just shows you how competitive not only this series is, but how Competitive, I expect it to be next year. And I think the thing that's going to be interesting with 2021 is with brand new cars, there's not a, a Norma, it's a Duquesne next year is the, the name of it. But the Ligier, those cars are new. They've run them in Europe, so there is a book on them. But it's going to take everybody a while to get up to speed with them as the 64 heads off a of pit lane to get back up to speed on the racetrack. We'll look for the 11 and see where it is. So we know Matt Bell's already on the racetrack and looking back down the order to see where the 11 is just now onto the front straightaway. So Bell will maintain that lead, but Merrill should now be on the same lap with him, I believe. Correct. But yeah, it's going to take a while for everybody to kind of get a handle on their respective chassis next year. so. I think the year in general will be good. But the first half of the season, there's going to be a steep, steep learning curve for these engineers and these crew chiefs and the drivers as well. And I think that just bodes for some really, really intense competition in 2021.
0: Uh, I uh, 100 percent agree with you. And uh, number 60 car also on the lead lap. Now, Tony's Chasm, it's been a really good run for uh, that team. It was uh, Bruce Hamilton who started off. He had a bit of a torrid start to the race. Uh, Tristan Venus also has his uh, trials and tribulations being involved in an instance at uh, at turn one. But Tony Skasmitz in that third position in car number 60. uh, It's been uh, this team's uh, best result uh, of the year. They had a couple of podium finishes last year. This year, though, the best coming into here was a, a seventh place in the first round at Daytona. So it's been an excellent run for Wolver Racing uh, and a perfect way to end off the season with a podium finish if they can maintain their position right now. And that would be the highest finishing Vigier in this race.
1: All right. So here's what we've got. Tom Merrill has 18 minutes and 10 seconds to close 15 second gap to Matt Bell. That's it. That If Merrill wants to win this race, that's what he has to do. And that is a tall order. Kazimitz on the lead lap, as you said, 39 seconds back. And so for Matt Bell and Naveen Rao, they've done everything that they need to do to win this championship. They just need to hold on for a little under 18 minutes because really the closest competitor is the 54, and that's Dakota Dickerson and his MLT Motorsports Ligier now being shown in eight. They came in with a shot at the championship, six points out, and, Jeremy, they did everything they needed to do. They gambled a little bit. They went with a low down force setup saying this is the only way that we can compete. We know that it's going to create some deficit for us in some areas of the racetrack, advantages in others. These are the cards we feel like we need to play to have a shot at this championship. And, unfortunately, for them, it has just not worked out the way that they thought it might.
0: No, it hasn't. But it certainly has been a valiant effort, and uh, you know, a really good season for the M.L.T. Motorsports team. You know, they've—it's uh, they, a locally based team here, so they came in here with high expectations. So to be finishing at the bottom end, toward the bottom end of the top ten, they're in eighth position at the moment, pretty much on a lap on their own. Actually, they're uh, they're uh, almost a lap, almost a lap behind Rasmus Lind in car number six, and a, a similar margin, I think, ahead of Kyle Kirkwood in the kind of a 47. So it certainly isn't the end of the season they wanted, but uh, they should still hold their heads up high. Whoops. Ooh,
1: that was a moment.
0: That's not a, that that's was not a, leader. a race leader, isn't it? That's Matt Bell. Yeah, it is. It's, it's still, uh, I mean, you know, it, that's his, uh, that'll be his first flying lap. So I think the tire's not yet fully up to temperature. and uh, That is uh, potentially a very costly mistake. For uh, because he's, he's done one lap on this on this fresh set of tires, which is a uh, one minute seventeen point eight, which is a pretty darn good lap. But uh, that's going to cost him quite a bit of time. Well,
1: and, and you you hope that's all it cost him. We talked about this oh, earlier. Yeah. You you cannot lose focus at all, and it seems that that might be. What happened as that was the exit of five, there was contact with the wall. I'm not sure how aggressive the contact was. It's pretty aggressive. Yeah, it's pretty That's a it, big is, hit. Isn't
0: it? Yikes, yeah.
1: He's, he's lost a, a bit of bodywork there in the grass. But the other thing is you have to wonder about The health of that car, and especially the right rear that made the contact with the wall, the car actually got up in the air. That's a wheel. That's a half shaft that gets pushed into the transmission. Those are CV joints. That's a Michelin tire that could be damaged. That was a substantial contact.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the the off it cost him five seconds. So the gap now is around about eleven seconds from first to second. But we're going to see uh, over the next few laps what sort of lap time he's can turn uh, is able to turn, and whether there is any damage that is going to be you know, restricting his progress in the final what fourteen minutes of this race. That is huge
1: for yeah. Matt Bell and Naveen Rao. I'm looking at Dakota Dickerson back in eighth and i can't even pretend to potentially do the math to say if the 47 had a mechanical right now or the 64 had a mechanical and didn't finish what would that do to the championship but jeremy you you can't make those kind of mistakes you just can't not with 18 minutes left to go in a seasonal championship when you're leading
0: no you're absolutely right there and uh yeah if if the uh, the car would go out of the race now, 13 minutes remaining. Yeah, if he went out now, he'd finish in the 12th uh, position, uh, which would, uh, I think then Dakota Dickerson would need to score 25 points, which is a, uh, a fifth or possibly sixth position. Right now, Dakota is in eighth. He would move up one position if uh, Matt Bell falls out, but uh, you know, it's still it's still under it's, control, well under control at the moment for well, a car yeah. 64.
1: But like I said, you wonder about the health of the car, the three with a problem in turn one, because any big load like that, like I said, that's every connecting bolt in the back that's holding the uprights to the A arms. That's a half shaft, you know, because it gets hit hard from the side and driven in. So, uh, yeah, that's just uh, <laughs> well. That's excitement that you don't need <laughs> if you're down there on the pit box. That's for sure. And that was a near miss
0: there. It certainly was. The last time around, a one minute seventeen point seven for Matt Bell. Uh, as we see the number three car, that's uh, Greg Palmer uh, having a, a a problem there up at uh, turn three and four. Well, as Dakota supposed to go on the there going, oh. oh, yikes! And that's the race leader as well. I had to go yeah, Absolutely. Off, off, I was off, going to
1: sorry. say. <laughs> they just, he keeps getting shots thrown at him. This is not over with 12 minutes yet to go. I mean, you're seeing all kinds of twists and turns. The 60 in and the three stalled on the racetrack. And if he can't get that restarted, we're we going to go full course. It's in a bad place. The car is in yeah, a bad well,
0: it place. Is. No, I mean, if the car is, if, if uh, Greg Palm is unable to get that car going again, it's certainly, you're going to have to bring out a full course caution, yeah, I think. They're going to wait as long as they can. The, the race control will be on the radio uh, with the team to say, uh, to, to learn whether or not he's able to get that car refired again. I and mean, it's not. you full course yellow.
1: And there we go. See, you need to wait around because it all gets exciting in the end. Closing in on 11 minutes to go in the 2020 IMSA Prototype Challenge Championship, and the season's not over with yet. There's 11 and a half minutes to go, and I would say the championship has not been decided. Certainly, the race winner has not been decided, because this is going to put Thomas Merrill right on the gearbox of the 64. Andrews will be there as well. Kazimitz, I don't know what kind of lap traffic might be between them, but... They will make quick work of trying to remove the stranded number three of Greg Palmer. And it's going to be a short shootout to the finish.
0: Uh, yes, it is. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you know, there's two teammates now running first and second, Matt Bell and Thomas Merrill. I'm not sure whether there's going to be any lapped cars uh, in between them when we get to, to the restart. I don't think they'll uh, clear those out. There's a, a quick uh, pit stop for number 60 car. They might have been running a little bit low on fuel. They made their final stop. Yeah, 68 minutes to go. So this this, uh, uh, this caution is certainly, I think, useful for the number 60 car, but it will fall off, I believe, the lead lap.
1: Yeah, I would think so. As one more time, the 64 comes past the line be picked up by the safety car. And we'll have to see what traffic looks like behind. It's the 74 of Wyatt Schwab, who's one lap down. The first car behind the 64. And Wyatt has been very quick behind the wheel of the 74 today. So we'll have to see where Merrill and Andrews are in the order as they line up here.
0: Yeah. In fact, uh, on that last lap, uh, or uh, maybe two laps ago, uh, Wyatt Schwab was able to get past... I think it was on this lap, actually. Maybe the last lap, number 74 car was able to get past the number 75. So both of the performance tech cars really been struggling in this final stint of the race. Number six car fell behind White Schwab several laps ago and dropped a long way behind him. Rasmus Lind was un- unable to keep pace even close. He's losing a lot of ground per lap. Uh, and now the 74 car, has it, it had whittled down an, a deficit to the number 75 car of nine seconds on lap 107 and on lap 116, 74 car moves ahead of number 75. So Wyatt Schwab has been really running well and now up into fourth position in car number 74.
1: Nine minutes to go from Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. The final race of 2020 for the IMSA prototype challenge series. Full course caution, it's gonna be a shootout to the end. Matt Bell in the 64 leads. They qualified on pole at the hands of Naveen Rao. He led every lap in his stint, handed over to Matt Bell and they have been up front. This bodes well for their championship. But what about the race win? Thomas Merrill has been exceedingly quick in the 11. The problem is he is fifth in the order. So he's got three lapped cars between himself And leader Matt Bell. So when we go back to green, he's going to have to make short work of those three cars if he wants to put any pressure on Bell. But we saw Matt Bell just a few laps ago, a very uncharacteristic mistake off at the exit of turn five, made contact with the wall. And I can't help but wonder about the health of that number 64 is a pretty good hit on the right rear with the concrete wall there after the exit of turn five.
0: Yeah, I mean, he has been turning good lap time, so the car seems to be in pretty good health. Uh, but uh, I'm sure for for Bobby Golazinski and the, the team principal there at KTR Motorsports, he'll be glad of the fact that there are a few cars in between his his uh, his two cars at the front of the field because he won't want to see them dicing oh. together. Nor, of course, will <laughs> Naveen Rao, the co-driver of Matt Bell. He just want, wants Matt to bring his car home to the finish line with uh, their second win of the season and the championship. So he doesn't want any, any excitement from behind at this stage.
1: Yeah, I would I would say not. I'm sure the radios have lit up with both Matt and Tom Merrill in the 11 explaining the championship situation and so on and so forth. But, you know, for Tom Merrill, maybe he unplugged his radio. (laughs) Maybe he didn't want to hear those messages. He wants to he wants to win the race. Right, Jeremy? He's like, yeah, whatever. Okay, I won't take him out, but I'm going to the front. So it'll be interesting to see it's going to be a short one because we're inside seven minutes to go safety truck at the exit of turn five, picking up one of the aerodynamic bits off the back end of the 64 after Bell made that contact with the wall. I mean, as I said, Jeremy, he hit it hard. That car was up in the air. The rear of the, the car was off the ground after contact with the wall. That tells me the tire kind of ran up the concrete wall after making contact with it. So it was, it was a, Pretty substantial hit.
0: It really was. And you know, no question it's a concern, um, if not to Matt Bell, certainly to the team. Uh, and uh, you know, all the cars now weaving around, trying to maintain some temperature in those tyres. And, of course, the brakes, which is just as Im- just as important, in fact, more so, probably, at this stage in the race. Looks like we're going to go back to green this time around. We're just going to have a little bit over five minutes remaining in this race. We've got three cars on the lead lap then, 64, 11, and 9. Still back into contention now. Uh, and then uh, we've got another uh, five cars, one lap down, 74, 75, 660, 60, and 54. Green flies one more
1: time at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. Five and a half minutes to go in the 2020 season for IMSA Prototype Challenge. And Matt Bell leads the field up the hill. What? Can Tom Merrill do. He was fifth in the order at the start, but second in the running order. He's got three lap cars in front of him that he needs to work by if he wants to take the fight to his teammate Matt Bell and try to come home with the victory and so far he has not been able to make ground at all on the three cars in front of him. Just in front is the 75 of Steven Simpson. That won't be an easy pass to make.
0: It won't, know. Stephen Simpson running in the fifth position behind Wyatt Schwab, ahead of his own teammate, number six, who's right there in that train of cars. It's 75-11, which is on the lead lap six, which isn't. Uh, between the 75 and the six, we've seen them battling pretty much all the way through this race, haven't we? And you know, they're still squabbling over what will effectively be fifth position as Merrill makes that pass uh, on the uh, number 75 car. So that's one car picked off for the number 11 but still a fair deficit to catch up number 64
1: kind of gives you an idea when you use the word deficit of the straight line speed deficit between with the Ligier chassis compared to that of the norma the norma very fast in a straight line merrill made quick work of it and now he's got his sights set ahead still two cars to go before he can get to the rear wing of the 64 what does matt bell have underneath him what's the wheel feel like is it straight anymore after that contact is there a vibration it's not just the race win that's on the line potentially it is the championship it's all come down to this with less than four minutes to go in the season it all started nine and a half months ago at daytona it's come down to this jeremy
0: yeah, it's, it's been a great, a tremendous season. We've still got all sorts of battles out in the racetrack, by the way. Number 54 car, Dakota Dickerson, he's just managed to sneak past Tony's Kazmets on this last lap, so up into seventh position. Uh, uh, that is uh, that battle continues. Then we've got those five cars. Uh, just one lap down to our overall race leader. And we're gonna to have to keep an eye also on Scott Andrews. Can he catch not Thomas Merrill? He, I think is mired in traffic on his own in that kind of a nine in third position. He's got some cars in between himself and Thomas Merrill in second place.
1: Well, and now Andrews has to deal with Rasmus Lynn and Steven Simpson in front of him. And once again, we've seen how competitive Rasmus Lind is Stephen Simpson as well. The only thing Andrews really has going for him right now is that Norma chassis. When he gets to the back straightaway, you think he'll have a straight line speed advantage, but the back straightaway is a long way away. They've got to go all the way through the diving S's, five, six, seven. Then he can take advantage of the straight line that the Norma seems to have. Matt Bell still out in front, and the fourth car in line is the 11 of Tom Merrill. That is the second place car in the order, but I don't think he has been able to make any ground on the two cars in front of him.
0: He hasn't. You're right. Uh, In fact, uh, the last couple of laps, uh, Merrill has actually been able to stretch that lead over the number nine car. So uh, the battle, the gap between first and second, 2.7 seconds last lap, between second and third, 3.8 seconds. And with only a couple of minutes remaining in this race, I don't think we're going to see the white flag uh, this time. By. It'll be two more laps in this race. I think
1: you're right, Jeremy. Inside two minutes, but with one minute and 18 second lap times, I believe Matt Bell will need... Another five miles once he crosses the line. Bell through the apex of turn 12. Indeed, two more laps for the race win. Two more laps for the championship for he and Naveen Rao and this entire K2R Motorsports team. Dakota Dickerson looking a little racy there with Raskin's lens.
0: Yeah, Dicker he's certainly got the pace. Please. He's gone past him. Yep. So there's another position game for Dakota Dickerson. He's certainly not giving me up yet, is he? He's got past his fellow youngster there, Rasmus Lind, who's struggling in this last, in this late stint. And now, uh, number 54, he's going to try and set his sights on number 75, but I don't think he's going to have quite enough time to catch him.
1: Well, it's one of those things that you talked about it and, and wishing no ill will to anybody as we're inside one minute to go and it'll be the white t- flag this time by. Matt Bell but if he should have a problem if that collision that contact should indeed create some kind of a problem and he's unable to finish Dickerson is doing what he needs to do and that's move forward in the order because that would drop the 64 down this championship this race is not over through turns 10 a and b one more time for Matt Bell he just needs one more lap around road Atlanta to claim not only the victory but the championship and this Race has not been without its drama, and it came late for Matt Bell in the 64 with that off and turn five that we saw just a few laps ago. Final lap here at Road Atlanta. Final lap in the 2020 season. Empty racetrack in front. What's going through Matt Bell's mind right now, Jeremy? (laughs)
0: He's just hoping that that, that there's going to be no lingering effects (laughs) from the mistake he made about 10, 15 minutes ago. Uh, But he's just got to concentrate now. Just focus forward. Just hit the heliast marks these last few corners. And he'll be coming home with a win and a championship.
1: Down the long back straightaway at Road Atlanta one more time, and you think of all the laps that have been run this year, the mistakes that you made, the things that you wish you could have back, and I'm not sure there are many of those for the K2R Motorsports squad. Naveen Rao has improved so much as a race car driver, and he's proved it with three pole positions on the year. It will now be two race victories on the year, and most importantly, Naveen Rao, Matt Bell, claimed the championship, Four imps Prototype Challenge, the 2020 season, and it all came down to this at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta.
0: Just a tremendous performance by this team all season long. A great effort today. There's been a few hiccups and dramas along the way, but Matt Bell has got it done. A brilliant start to the race between Rao, and the Englishman Matt Bell finishes it off.
1: Well, and you look back, Dakota Dickerson comes across the line in six, and Jeremy Shaw, as you and I talked about, nothing to be embarrassed about there.
0: No, very much so. It's been a good good run for them. There was all sorts of battling in that late stage. Dickerson able to close right up onto Stephen Simpson, but unable to find find a way past. Just behind them, Tony's chasm snuck past Rasmus Lind uh, in the last couple of laps as well. So all sorts of battling all the way through.
1: So let's look at the order as Matt Bell can finally take a breath because I I guarantee you after the mistake that was made and the contact that was made, I'm sure he was thinking, please stay together. I don't want that to have affected our championship. And it could have gone away just that quickly, but they deserve this so consistent all year long. Matt Bell, Naveen Rao, they take the victory. Tom Merrill, a great run. In the number 11, sharing that car with Steven Thomas, who his improvement, Jeremy, we talked about that leaps and bounds from the beginning of this season in just his first year of pro racing.
0: Yeah, tremendous effort uh, by that, uh, by that, by the whole team, effectively. But yeah, it's been a, a thoroughly entertaining race. And uh, in the uh, the championship positions, of course, Lapinrow uh, and Matt Bell, they'll have 190 points uh, confirmed as champions, assuming they pass tech, of course. Uh, uh, after the race, uh, 174 points for Dakota Dickerson in, in third position in the points table. And I think Joel Janko is going to maintain third position in the final points ahead of Daniel Goldberg and then the Grant brothers.
1: We've seen great racing throughout the year. And Jeremy, I know you and I have talked about it. It's great to see these bronze drivers and the dedication and the hard work they've put in uh, the championship. Certainly worthy champions, Naveen Rao and Matt Bell. Joel Janko has been an ambassador for this series for years. Sad to see him go, but this was his last race. And Jeremy, your biggest takeaway for
0: 2020? Just the fact that everything was able to keep going through the pandemic. We've seen some great racing, worthy champions here in K2R Motorsports and Naveen Rao and Matt Bell.
1: Well, congratulations to our race winners and our champions Naveen Rao and Matt Bell. For Jeremy Shaw, I'm Brian Till. Thanks for joining us for IMSA Prototype Challenge. The 2020 season, it was a great one. Stay tuned for 2021. Promises to be even better. We'll see you then.
0: This program is a Radio Show Limited production.
1: Tell your friends there's more at RadioLamont.com.